Well, hello, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 81 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I'm your host, Colin Colhoven, joined, as always, by Slugger JD. Slugger, how you doing today, sir? What up? I'm coming to you live from San Antonio. That's right. The time difference is so. strong this episode. <laughs> Hanging out here in a hotel, brought all the, brought all the podcast gear, ready to rock and roll, so... That's commitment. You don't see that very often. The the traveling <laughs> gear. I like that. I got a minimal setup, but uh, yeah, it would. It. I don't ever want to do this again. This travel bullshit. I've told the story in the Discord, but I had a rental car that was broken into and stolen from me while I was here. <laughs> Fucking nuts. Um, yeah. Um, went out to work. Well, ate dinner the night prior. Dropped the car off. Went in uneventful night go to leave for work the next day my car is just gone just nowhere in the parking lot and i don't drink so i'm walking around i'm like did i get like roofied or something like did i not <laughs> remember where my car is like i was so confused but now the hotel people pulled the tapes and two dudes smashed into the car and hijacked it the kia boys the kia boys <laughs> the kia boys got me they stole my kia um <laughs> So I've been dealing with the headache of that, trying to, uh, I don't know, it's really weird, like Hertz, the rental car company doesn't really, they're just like kind of laissez-faire about it. They're like, ah, we'll get the car when we get it. And it's like, you might not get that car back, Hertz. Yeah, it's like, all right, you should like, maybe show a little more initiative and trying to like fix this problem so it doesn't affect me. But yeah, I'm dealing with the headache of the insurance stuff for that. So God damn. That sounds really frustrating. And when you posted that, I was like, holy crap. That's like one of my nightmares, having something like that happen on a, a trip, right? Or you're like in another, yeah. at least you're in the U.S. Like, imagine that happening like in another country or something, though. De dealing with all that shit. Oh, my God. Absolutely so, ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's mostly done now. It's settled. The, the police did find the car. But like I said, the rental company is still charging me for the car. And they're like, yeah, we won't reimburse you any of the charges until we retrieve the car and uh like close out the insurance case and that's why i said like all right can you show some initiative then because i have like 600 bucks of charges hanging over my my government travel card right now and i need you to like kind of hurry up so i'm not sitting on these charges yeah <laughs> but Jesus. uh at least i had nothing in it it wasn't like i was hijacked i'm fine no personal goods stolen so like was, i guess for it to happen it was best case scenario of like, I wasn't injured. I had nothing stolen personally. So I guess that's about as good as you can get in a stolen car situation. I guess so. Man. And you don't even want to be there because it's a work trip. What a what a series of events. Yeah. Holy moly. Well, thank you for right. joining. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. Right. <laughs> this is good. This, this is a little bit of, like, normality right now. So I'm happy to be here. Fantastic. Well, let's get our other host in here. We're also joined by the tall Samoan guy, a.k.a. Daryl Fuimano. How are you doing this morning, sir? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> now, have you ever had your car broken into or stolen, Daryl? I have not, but my wife has. And the way her car turned out in the end, once we got, got it finally back, it, it was pretty bad. It was in bad shape. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, like it, the car was stolen, too? Yeah, so the car was stolen. <laughs> Seats were ripped out. Um, her catalytic converter was stolen. It wow. was torn up. Damn. Damn. Is that recently or like a long time ago? It was a long time ago. It was like when we were still dating. Probably like um, like 2010, 
but the the place that it was taken from was from a busy public area like at the mall so it was weird how they were able to get that you know <laughs> how they would get that off the lot with a lot yeah, of people what? around the balls of did some she of these leave, people did she leave her keys in the car or did they like hotwire it uh, I don't know the specifics. She was at work at that time, and I was uh, at work as well. But I don't think she leaves her keys in there. But I think back then she had a tendency to uh, leave things in her car, so they might have saw something that they wanted. Yeah. Crazy. That it is, it yeah, blows ridiculous. my mind, the balls on some people. Yes. Like, I couldn't ever imagine, like, having the courage to do something like that. No, me neither. Me neither. Fucking weird. I, I I had my car broken into one time in college in Santa Barbara. We had this little lot behind the townhouse that we lived in, and my roommate was a massive stoner, so he stayed home and was like just smoking like crazy, and we went out to a party. We came back, and I didn't notice anything that night. The following morning, I got up, and like my car, it just like looked like someone had tried to hotwire it but didn't know how to do it, so like all the wires were pulled out, but everything was like still there, you know, and the car just looked like it had gotten rummaged through, and... My roommate was like, oh, yeah, like, thought I heard the alarm going off last night, but I thought it was you, like, accidentally setting it off, so I didn't do anything about it. And, like, his window and room looked right over where my car would have been. I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) this fucking guy. (laughs) So that was a weird one where, luckily, like, the car was still there. I just had to get it, you know, like, touched up a little bit. But then my wife's car has a short in one of the circuits, so if we lock it, it like will just randomly have the alarm go off and we've taken it to a couple different places and they're like, Oh yeah, this it's this. And they try to fix it and it just like doesn't fix it. So the long story short, we have to leave it unlocked when it's in our driveway. And we went out there the other day and someone had like rummaged through it, but didn't take anything. That was really weird. Like the glove box was open. All the stuff was like thrown about and like everything was still in the car though. Like nothing had been taken. And we are convinced it's these like kids that live in this Cause it's like a little community of townhouses and like, it's not like crazy busy or populated. So we, there's these like high schooler kids that live in this, this like little area. And I convinced it's them and they like see that it's not locked. So they were probably looking for fucking who knows what, like some cash or some alcohol or something and didn't find it. And they're just like, Oh man, it's all like insurance paperwork in here and just like left it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very strange, but that that's really my only experiences with it. It sounds awful. These damn adults with their insurance paperwork. Yeah, right? I'm like, well, like, no, luckily, right, you never keep your pink slip or whatever in the car, but fucking A, that's just uh, just not fun. Feels You feel violated, you know, after yeah, something like that happens. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today, boys. We've got a fun, jam-packed episode 81 for you and for the listeners. We're going to be doing our trophy list discussions. Again, every other episode switches off, so next time we'll be doing what we've been playing. We got some really good feedback and reception to our last episode, episode 80 with Pat, the trophy hunter as our guest, which I had a ton of fun recording. That was our longest episode ever clocking in at about three hours and 20 minutes post editing. So just wild. If you've not listened to that and you're listening to this, go and check that out. Really cool show. Getting to talk to him about the intricacies of the PSN racing wheel setups, uh, what we've been playing, some, some boosting strats for the last of us or some quitting strats rather. So good stuff there. Go and check it out. And as far as housekeeping for the show in general, the only thing is, again, the race is underway. So we are very quickly approaching the April 1st cutoff. So if you have not registered, you've got about a week from the time that this episode goes live to get into the Discord, read the race rules, and properly emote to the race rules to signify that you are signed up and that you want to play. Otherwise, we are going to lock the entrance slash submissions, and then it's just going to be the 20-something people that are in there right now. 
I know, Slugger, you've been really jam-packed and busy and trying to do the leaderboard updates, but we've had a ton of submissions recently, so it's been pretty active, which has been good. Any uh, updates or anything you want to say about the race? No. Um, it's I'm actually a little bit delayed right now. I was doing pretty good updating the leaderboard weekly on Wednesdays, um, but with this work trip and everything, that got kind of put on hold. I started to update on this trip, and then I like completely broke the Excel document. So... <laughs> Uh, shout out to Pat, the trophy hunter, uh, our previous guest, like Colin was talking about. He came in, he's like an Excel whiz kid, um, fixed it all up, improved it. So this upcoming Wednesday, um, what day is that? March 29th, uh, we'll do the next leaderboard update, but, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Look forward for that. And then with all the fixes that Pat did, it should make it a lot easier for me to get updates posted. So we'll uh, continue our weekly Wednesday leaderboard post. Yes, indeed. That sounds great. Thanks again, Pat, for the help with that. And just as a reminder, too, your scores are going to fluctuate a little bit, right? We do scoring based on the rarity on PSN profiles. However, rarities change over time. So if you just completed a brand new game, for example, you're going to get a lot of points because there's not that many people who have it. But over time, that will degrade and it might not be worth the same amount of points at the end of the race. Just a call out, that's all in the rules, but just keep that in mind, right? If you see your points changing on leaderboard updates, things like that, that is, that is why. So, yep. very good, very good. Okay, I, th I think I'm going to have some good points, actually, finally. I mean, I'm not going to be anywhere near the middle of the pack, but I, will, I won't be towards the very bottom now that I've posted a couple things. <laughs> so, I'm happy about that. Good shit, boys. Let's get into our trophy guessing game. Now, this is the, we're not going to do a warm-up round, but just to kind of refresh everybody, what we're going to be doing, I'm going to be naming a bronze, a silver, and a gold trophy from a game that is overlapping on the PSM Profiles trophy list of my other two hosts here. So I, I found something that was on both Daryl and Slugger's PSM Profiles, and I'm going to read the trophy description and the name, and you have to tell me what game it is from. They are going to be, slight change, I guess, we are going to be DMing the answers to the to the host master host master quiz master so that we can't do any sort of weird copying or you know anything like that and i don't think that had happened in the past but we realized it could be a problem as we continue on so we've made a slight change are you boys ready to begin let's do it yep right on so question one slash trophy one this is a bronze trophy the title is queen of the wasteland and the description is to complete all the objectives in dead horse lake Okay, everyone clear with that? Feel good? Mm. Yes. I don't feel good, but yeah. Okay. Trophy number two. The silver trophy, named New Breed. Description. Acquire 50% of available evolutions. What? Okay. Okay. Uh... Slug, are you good? Uh, I mean, I'm not good, but yeah. Now, these are getting <laughs> harder. These are, these are get, this is a yeah. harder one, I think. I think. Okay. Last trophy is a gold trophy titled Vengeance is Mine. This one's going to give you a lot of info. The description, get revenge. <laughs> oh, my God. So <laughs> I will go through them one more time while you guys are thinking for the audience. The bronze trophy is titled Queen of the Wasteland. Description, complete all the objectives in Dead Horse Lake. The silver trophy, new breed. Description, acquire 50% of available evolutions. Gold trophy, Vengeance is mine to get revenge. I will give you all a few seconds here to come this up with some answers. One. This <clears> is a tough one. 
I have like two games in mind. The games don't match up with what the trophies are. This was, and I think you guys have run into this before too. The problem was that this particular list didn't have a ton of gold trophies. And the the other options for gold trophies were very obvious. So it kind of had to be this gold trophy, which maybe was not as helpful as I would have liked it to be. So, yes. Mm. Yes. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to look it up real fast. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, you guys can DM me your answers whenever you are ready. All right, I'm sending it over to you, Colin. Yeah, All I right. sent mine. I don't think it's right, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's begin with Slugger, <laughs> whose initial guess was Darksiders. Good guess, good guess. And one that's an overlap, I like it. And next up, our guess is from Tulsa Moon Guy, Daryl. We have Maneater. The correct answer is oh, ding, 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 man eater. No. With points going to Daryl. The second <laughs> you said man eater, I'm like, yes. Very good, sir. Very good. Which brings our final points to myself to four, Slugger remaining at three, and Daryl, you are now at three as well. So we're all within batting distance to one another, one point away. The. Uh... <laughs> the Dead Horse Lake, there was like a dry lake bed area in Darksiders, if I remember right. And I was like trying to tie it to that. What was throwing me off was the evolution. So I, I wasn't too confident in my guess because I'm like, I don't remember evolutions in that game, but maybe they like called your powers that. Yeah, and well, then, like, there was trophies that were like reach mega form, reach whatever form, like for the different stages of being a shark. But I felt that that was too obvious. So then there was evolutions ones. And the whole, like, Dead Horse Lake, there's a bunch of trophies on that list for the specific biomes or areas. Each, yeah, but each they're area. all very aquatic-sounding, like, like to the point of, like, it couldn't be anything else. Like, this coral reef, this gulf, this bay, right? The only one that sounded like it could have been in other games was this Dead Horse Lake one. So that's why I picked that. Because it's like, yeah. oh, that could be, like, GTA, for all you know, right? Complete all the objectives in Dead Horse Lake. That could be fucking anywhere. It could be Mafia 3, you know? Like, it's... Um, yeah. Yeah, so I figured that was that was a, a good one. But my first guess was actually like a Batman game, but that was like one of the games I was talking about. It didn't make sense because the only one that would apply to a Batman game is Vengeance is Mine. I can almost hear Kevin Conroy saying that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the other ones just didn't make sense. I'm like, wait, Evolutions? I don't see that in Batman and Queen of the Wasteland. I'm like, that just didn't sound Batman to me at all. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was. Uh, it's getting tougher because we are we're we're trying to do the overlapping game. So eventually we're gonna get to points where it's like, ooh, the only overlapping ones we have, it might not be a game you've platinumed. So this one, you you guys both had platinumed, but I was seeing a couple that overlapped where it's like, ooh, maybe one person platted, the other didn't. Is that really fair? Because like they'll have different levels of knowledge with the list or whatever. So yeah, eventually it's gonna get pretty interesting. But we're getting harder questions now. We're getting we're getting to the, the big boy rounds. So. Thank you, boys, for your participation. And to the listeners, hopefully you put in the guess yourself. Maybe you got it correctly. Final points again, four, three, and three. So very close. All right, next up, we've got our platinum shout-outs, which are pulled from our Discord. Thank you to my co-host for coming in and editing the doc this week and, and adding these in. I'm not sure which one of you did this particular bit, but thank you for that. And let's get into it. So first up, we've got Emerson with Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which is sitting at a 2.99% on PSNP and a 0.3% on the app for PS4. 
second we've got Quinn one two two nine. And again, we'll, at the end we'll give us get some minutes to talk about this. I'm just gonna go through them. So second we've got Quinn one two two nine with Saints Row the Third remastered, sitting at a twenty four point nine four percent on PSMP and three point two percent on the app or PS4. Then we have Toxic coming in with Stubbs the Zombie, which I've never heard of, <laughs> sitting at a 5.44% on PSNP and a 0.7% on the app or PS4. Then we have the return of Lord Malachite. Happy to see them posting again with Angry Video Game Nerd 1 and 2 Deluxe, sitting at a 21.99% on PSNP and a 6.2% on the app for PS4. And last but not least, we have Sly G. Cooper coming in with The Last of Us Remastered, sitting at a 5.15% on PSNP and a 0.4% on the app for PS4. Another returning Discord member posting some more recently. Sly, we're very happy to have you back, and Lord Malachite as well. So, yeah, what do you guys think? Any major callouts or anything you want to note about these particular games? We can go to you, Daryl, first, if you've got something you want to chirp about. Uh, I, I, I'm very happy that The Last of Us Remastered is, uh, getting some sort of resurgence, uh, obviously because of the TV show and, you know, Sly G. Cooper got the platinum. You as well, Colin, want to mm -hmm. shout that out as well. So oh, very, thank you. Very glad you guys got that. It makes me want to play that game. I'm just not in a hurry to play it. Um, but yeah, it's a good, good thing to see. And Stubbs Zombie. Uh, you, you said you never heard of this game, but have you seen the cover art for the game? I'm going to look it up right now. I, I, I have not. It, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it, it's such a, like, it, I, whenever I, I hear this game, I'm always reminded of, like, that just carnage <laughs> cover oh my art God. that's taking place with the zombie just gnawing on the guy's head. It looks so ridiculous. It's like a classic game, I think, right? Wasn't it wasn't on PS2? Yeah, it's an old game. I never played it, but I, I remember it when I was growing up. So is this a like a, a port slash remaster, or is it a new game in the... I'm very confused. Huh. Oh, yeah. I, here's a cover I right on was... the original Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a port. I don't know if they did, like, graphical overhaul. It wasn't like a Resident Evil 2 or 4 situation. Yeah. But I think they just ported it. Huh. Interesting. It's got a 9 out of 10 on Steam. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, never heard of that one. Um, I'd never heard of Angry Video Game Nerd 1 and 2 either. So a couple games in there that like were just brand new for me. And then like Saints Row the Third, of course, we've heard about. And I think a lot of people would, would say that the, you know, the older games are where it's at. I don't know anyone that's played and loved the newer Saints Row that's come out. But I've not tried it myself, so that's a little unfair to say that it's necessarily bad. And then Dragon Ball Fighter Z is supposed to be really good. Um, Slugger, have you checked out any of those or anything you want to call out here from the list? I remember playing Saints Row the Third on. I'm trying to think of what one that is. I think I played that on the 360. That was a 360 PS3 game, right? I believe and then they so. Mastered it. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out. Saints Row games are always a blast. At least the older ones. Um... Let's see, Last of Us Remastered. We've obviously all been working on that. You and Gary more so than me, but I know how much time goes into the friggin' multiplayer there, so special shout-out to that. Oh, fuck that, dude. Um, <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighter Z. The only thing I know from this game is there's a huge, like, money grind. Like, I had to pull it up here in PSN Profiles. Like, the game's a 5 out of 10 difficulty, lots of online trophies, 70 hours to complete... 
I remember listening to a different trophy podcast way back in the day when this game first launched. Uh, those guys aren't, they don't have a show anymore, but I remember the host for like, God, I don't know, like five or six episodes. All he was doing was this grinding for money. Like, and it, it was nonstop. Like one of those games where it's just, you want to like beat your head because all you're doing is playing and playing and playing and getting money. Um, man. I can't handle another multiplayer grind right now. I just can't do it. (laughs) There's no fucking way. Uh, Let's see. Angry Video Game Nerd 1 and 2. I have no idea what that is, but after a quick Google, it's got a 9 out of 10 on Steam. So kind of looks like a little indie platformer. Looks kind of fun. I might have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, I love when we hear about new stuff like via this process. People play so many interesting games, dude. It's like you think there's so many that are on your radar, and then you're like, wow, there's so many I still have not even heard of before. It's crazy. Yeah, what's that cooking game by Lily Mo? The cooking game. Oh, Perils of Baking. Perils of Baking. It kind of looks like like that type of art style. Okay. But you're an angry video game nerd with a little gun running around shooting things. Huh. Uh, but similar art style looks kind of cool. I might have to check it out. All right, interesting. Yeah. Very nice. Well, thank you to all the submitters of these. These are, again, pulled from the Discord, so if you're listening and you're not in the Discord, go and check that out. I'm pulling these from either the Trophy Room channel or thread and the Plat Shot thread and channel. So usually people post in both because most of the people are getting the race points as well as trying to get some some props for their stuff and show off their achievements, which is great. And, yeah, Sly G. Cooper with The Last of Us, dude, I was almost there. He beat me by, like, two days. And I was I was so bummed because I was like, how did he fucking do that? And then I remembered, or he said rather, that he had done the multiplayer before. So all he had left yeah. was the grounded. And I was like, oh my god. Because in my mind, I thought he had just grinded that multiplayer for like three days straight, which in theory you could do. Uh, once I did the quit out method, it certainly was going faster, but it just was like brain numbing. You know, it's like, oh my god, dude. <laughs> like, I'm just I'm so sick of this right now. So congratulations did, to everybody. Did you have any issues with the quit out method? No, I did not. I know we were both kind of like hesitant on like, is it safe leaving one survivor healthy? Is it like, <laughs> is it going to get really sketchy? Yeah. So what I found is like when I would do, when I would quit, it, almost all of the survivors would go from healthy to hungry. And then like maybe like three or four would go to sick. Okay. And then I would quit a second game in a row and then all the other, no one would be healthy. Much of the hungry would go to sick and then some of the sick would die. And then I would play the third game. So I think Pat said, like, you can play, like, one out of every four. I think I ended up doing, like, one out of every three just to be safe, especially once you get later on. Like, once I was past, like, week five, I was like, I'm not going to risk having to do all that again. So I'd rather just play the game every once in a while. Um, And one of the things that happens, too, is if you join a match in progress, so a late start, it will give you a ton, a ton of parts at the end, and it'll make everybody just go back to healthy. So even though it, but it doesn't count as a day. So that's kind of the weird part is like, it doesn't count as one of your days in the week if you join in progress, but you reset, which then lets you quit the next two in a row. So it's almost like, okay, it it doesn't like quite waste as much time as you would think. And you can still get progress for your challenges in join late games or like games in progress. So did you ever quit and end up back with the same group that you just quit from? Yeah. Hey, sorry guys. (laughs) Yeah, that, that had happened. And I will shout out to, um, I've posted his videos in the YouTube a few times, but bro or in the YouTube in the Discord a few times, Broken Games HDR, the YouTube content creator. I was playing the other day and I m- matched up with him and he was on my team. 
and we won, exchanged a couple messages, you know, which was really cool. He's like, yeah, I haven't played this game in honestly like four years, and I just happened to match up with him, which was, which was great. So fun times, fun times. But I am definitely not great. I got to be proficient by the end, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't like that multiplayer. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's enough of that. I'm ready to move on. Very good, boys. Very good. Well, as we talked about, we've got a Discord that you should all be checking out if you're listening to this show. And the link for that Discord is on our Patreon. And if you like what we do and you like the show and you want to give us some support, head on over to patreon.com slash trophytalkpodcast where you will find various ranges and tiers of support all the way from the $1 hidden tier up to $25 a month platinum trophy tier, which will get you a guest appearance on the show, such as Pat the Trophy Hunter has had a couple times now. And yeah, we just wanted to give a special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for their continued support of the show so that's a big thank you to maximum carnage the sly g cooper skrillis pat the trophy hunter king k 6969 jb trophy hunter b down diego juan and gohan 173 so thank you all very much for your support of the show we really appreciate it and with that one of the tiers that you get over on patreon if you're at the silver tier and above is that you get to write in questions to the show and so we've got a couple to go over today Let's start off with Maximum Carnage's question. I will read it, and then we're going to pass it to you, Daryl, first, just so you know you're on deck, okay? Got it. All righty. So he asks, or says, rather, Greetings, Tom, Jerry, and Spike. Which Sony first-party series would you like to see get a Master Chief-style collection? So some examples that he gives are Resistance, you know, having like a one, two, three kind of example. We've got Killzone. We've got Motostorm. So there's a, there's a lot of franchises within Sony that have quite a few titles within them that have not been collated down to this sort of bite-sized package like like Master Chief Collection has where you can just jump in and play any of them from one sort of hub and one menu. So it's a pretty interesting prospect and idea, especially for someone like me who's missed a lot of the older games on PS3 and PS2 in the ecosystem. So Daryl, what did you think about this? And also, are you Tom, Jerry, or Spike? You were first to claim. Uh... First question is, who's Spike? Is he from the Tom and Jerry show? He's, he's got the be. dog. Yeah. Okay, I'm going with yeah, he's Spike. The, he's the, yeah, he's the pup. He's like a... <laughs> wow. I'm not actually sure what kind of dog that is. <laughs> yeah, it's a bulldog of some sort. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think I'll go with Spike. Okay. Um, yeah, I think... Um, I think out of the three of these games, because this was a maximum question resistance kills on the motor storm mm-hmm. i completely blanked out when you asked like whose answers are these <laughs> yeah I was, but, I was like did he put these in i got i'd have to double check yeah these are his uh his questions out of the the three okay um but yeah i haven't played motor storm i don't really know a ton about this game so i'm going to leave that out of my decision but i think sony should focus on kill zone and i say kill zone because I just played it not too long ago. I played it with Slugger. We were boosting multiplayer mm-hmm. before the servers went down. But I really like Killzone. Killzone was kind of the game that, that really wanted me to like play PlayStation a lot. Because, you know, it was, you know, quote-unquote, the Halo killer at that time. Um, it was supposed to be, like, Sony's response to Halo. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Halo was just... Just a greater title in general. But Killzone was still fun. I just remember that, that Killzone 2 trailer that was shown at E3 where it just, it just looked like a freaking movie. You know, you just 
you see a pan shot of the of the sky and then you just see all the isa soldiers just coming down on their their little space vehicles and just massive carnage taking place it, it was cool man i was like man after i saw that trailer i was like i, I want to play killzone 2 now <laughs> And I, I haven't played Killzone 1 or 3. I played a little bit of Part 2, and I did play a lot of Shadowfall. Uh, Merc- Mercenaries never played it. But I think Sony should probably give the Master Chief style collection to Killzone. I think that was, like, the one game that Sony really wanted to, like, make their flagship for their brand. Uh, didn't really pan out all that well, but I think, you know, it kind of makes sense for them to... Put this put the spotlight on Killzone, and nothing against Resistance. Resistance is a game that I've heard about before. I never played it as well, but it had a pretty good story. Like just reading about it, I really, really liked the story about you know this alien invasion, and you know this was all taking place in like the World War era, and I thought it was a pretty cool, pretty cool like setting for it. I just think like Killzone is probably the more obvious choice for Sony. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, and you touch on something there, which is important, I think, in that, you know, and we're not the first to say it, this is very commonly thought by uh, PlayStation critics and, and you know, content creators, but this, the ecosystem is missing, like, its FPS, right? Like, Call of Duty is there, but it's not a Sony game or Sony Studios production, right? So you have third-party first-person shooters on the platform, but you don't really have a first- or second-party FPS game. And so having something like that would be really cool. And also, like, again, to make the comparison with the Master Chief Collection, you know, Master Chief Collection has all of the multiplayer functionality intact in addition to the campaigns. And you can search and play individual, you know, different maps and modes from the older multiplayers. And something like that with Killzone could be really appealing for people who might have nostalgia for, like, the second game's multiplayer, as you noted, or even the first game or the third game, whatever. I know it's kind of a technical feat to be able to do that because they're all on different engines or at least a few different versions of engines and trying to get them all mixed together is, is really tough. But I tend to agree with you that I think that would be a, a really smart decision. So good, good answer there. Uh, Slugger, what do you think as far as which series should get the Master Chief style collection? So <clears throat> I guess I have two because... I wasn't sure if he wants us to pick from these three choices or if he wanted us to set out on our own uh, right. adventure. Right. Oh, by the way, I want to be Tom. Ah, oh, fuck. Wait, no. Who's the cat? Tom's the cat, right? Tom cat. Yeah, you're the cat? Yeah. Tom's a good guy, dude. He's just trying to do his job as a good house cat. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to be the mouse, that but here I am. Jerry's an asshole. Yep. That's me, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, if I had to pick one of the three series that he listed, I think I would go opposite and go resistance. I think there was multiplayer in that game, but it was it wasn't as big of a focus. It was more focused on the actual like story, almost like in the vein of like Wolfenstein, just like a really solid shooter with a really solid story. I think they I think two and three had some co op or I know two had some multiplayer trophies and you can't get that plat anymore. Three had some co op trophies. <clears throat> but yeah, I I think I just connect with that setting a little bit more. I like it a little bit more. I think it's interesting to take like I don't know, you have the humans on earth with like World War II era weapons and equipment trying to friggin' fight off an alien invasion where they have, you know, futuristic weapons. I just I kinda like 
uh, the big difference in power there versus Killzone, where it's just like Halo-esque, where it's like, hey, we have these, you know, uh, the humans, and I forget who the bad guys are. Um, the Covenant? No, uh, the in Killzone. Oh, in Killzone. Oh, the, uh, the, yeah, what, what oh, are the they called? That's it. That's it. I can see them, but I never knew what they were called. So, yeah, you have these two powerhouses of, like, civilizations and space, like, space warfare is a thing. Like, it's just very futuristic. I kind of like the idea of a more grounded, like, hey, these are just basic fucking soldiers trying to, like, I think it took place in the 1950s, so World War One is passed. I don't know if World War Two happened in the game or not, if that was the thing, but anyway, you have all this old equipment just trying to friggin', like, survive against all this you know these futuristic aliens with futuristic weapons i just think that's a really cool dynamic i never played two and three and that's partly why i would want to choose resistance because i think it'd be cool to like get a fully remastered version of that mm -hmm. um and insomniac did it and those guys are freaking like kings right now with the stuff they put out oh like, yeah nothing but bangers so it'd be cool to see them like revisit the series special shout out though if we could stray from those three series i would probably go ratchet and clank oh um, yeah nice and i i would pick that because like ripped apart was like it played great it was beautiful it'd be awesome like i'm on the ratchet and clank wikipedia right now there's so many games there's i'm not gonna bother counting them right now but there's a lot there's the mainline games and then there's little spinoffs here and there it'd be really cool to just get a big collection of them all where you have like, you know, they all look similar to Rift Apart graphic wise, but then you can sit there and like hit a button and swap between old graphics and new graphics and kind of like marvel at how times have changed. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think, I mean, that would never happen because there is so many games, but uh, yeah, I can dream. Well, and many of them are available through the PlayStation Extra or whatever, right? Like the streaming service or no? Am I wrong in that? No, yeah, quite a bit of them are. I think the collections on there, uh, Into the Nexus, A Quest for Booty, A Crack in Time, like a lot of them are on there. Okay. Um, yeah, but, there's, yeah, there's just such a big collection there where if I could get all of them into one package with like modern gameplay and graphics, like to me, that'd be a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. No, that sounds great. And it, I, I love the idea of the button switch too. That was something that, was pioneered to my knowledge at least with the standalone release of Halo Combat Evolved before they did the Master Chief collection where I think it came out in 2011, 2012. You could just like switch back and forth which was so sick. And I would yeah, I would really love that too. It's it's always fun to just do the direct comparison especially when it allows you to do it like mid cutscene or something of how how different it looks. So those are those are great choices. I have not played many of the Ratchet games at all. I've only played the 2016 game just one time i didn't even platinum it i just beat the game and then i did rift apart so there's much to be had there and i also yep. was a little confused on if it was only the ones listed or so i did the same thing i had two answers right and i for the three that were listed between resistance Killzone, and motorstorm i would definitely pick resistance mostly i've just heard it praised a ton in the lsm podcasts and stuff like that and the idea of humans versus aliens is appealing to me as a big halo fan and so and you know they're more single player focused from what i understand there there might have been multiplayer i don't actually know but i i hear the single player is what's supposed to be really solid for those so something like that would be great 
and I think that you don't have really great access to the titles currently either. So there's kind of a, a gap again and like a blind spot for those. So I think resistance would be my choice there. In terms of not listed, my initial thought was to do infamous um, and have infamous one and two and, and the, the DLC comboed and available with second son and, and all that and have it playable because I've never checked any of those out either. So I, I thought that could be fun, but it is a is more single player focused game. And so I don't know, like the, the appealing part again about master chief collection is the multiplayer pieces and getting to hop into those, which is why I think something like Killzone, as Daryl noted, m- maybe fits the best with what the gap in Sony's ecosystem is and with what we want the title to do. Also, Sly. I want to give a shout out to Sly G. Cooper and and the Sly games because uh, I've never played any of those either. And I think you can play the older ones, but having like a, I'm imagining like an insane trilogy treatment where you just put them together and remaster them and maybe tweak a little bit of the gameplay and put them out as like one package for like 50 or 60 bucks, I think could be really appealing. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe I think there is a collection actually for those on PS3. So maybe that's a bit redundant. But yeah, I th- I would say Resistance and then Infamous are like my my main answers. Yeah, you guys, I miss you guys all those? those old. I just wanted to say I miss those old like platformers. I know we got ripped apart, but like like old school Sony, we had like Jack and Daxter and Sly Cooper, and like all those are really freaking good games. And then like oh, yeah. now now we get. Like Sackboy's fine and Astrobot's great and Ratchet and Clank are great, but they don't really seem to be like the focus anymore. Like those style games really only seem to hit or come out like maybe once every two to three years. Where before those were pumping out like once or twice or maybe even three times a year, depending on the game or series. Totally. Uh, miss those solid like platformer games. Me too. I mean, and, and just in terms of as a trophy hunter, those games are great like smaller bite-sized really fun experiences so it's nice to kind of vary up what you're playing with those because if you just did a bunch of open world you know massive games back to back to back if you're playing more recent sony releases it's like oh i want want something smaller you know i want something i can get done in a couple days or in a week and those games usually scratch that itch so i totally agree i need to go back and do ratchet and clank 2016 platinum at some point i really like that game and I barely remember it because I played it like I think in 2016 when it came out or 2017. Yeah, that's an easy one too. That's going to be a palate cleanser game, so to speak. So, anything else to add, Daryl, on this one? Or are you good? You satisfied with your answer? I'm good. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Maximum. I guess by default I'm Jerry. So, fuck me, right? <laughs> um, but thank you very much for your question, sir. And I hope you are doing well. Next At least up, he's creative. Oh, he is creative. He's got a different trio every time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's like the Home Alone Macaulay Culkin of that universe. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. At least he's creative. I thought you were talking about Maximum, but you mean Jerry. At least he is no, creative. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah, that's true. He's got some ingenuity. He's got spunk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's a fighter. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Oh, all right. Very cool. Let's move on to the Sly G. Cooper's question, the return of Sly G. Cooper. Thanks for writing in. We haven't heard from you in a bit, I believe, as far as questions go. And he asks, where and how did you meet your significant other, and how soon did you know that you wanted to marry them? So, Slugger, let's go to you first. What do you have to say for this life 
journey question. It's a good thing my wife doesn't lift, listen to this podcast. Um, I'm going to get myself in trouble. I didn't know I um, wanted to marry her until it already happened. <laughs> <laughs> Day after the wedding, I knew. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, let's see, my wife and I are high school sweethearts. I knew the second I saw her that I wanted her <laughs> hand in marriage. No. <laughs> um, we went through, my wife and I went through a lot of turbulent times. Like we had, I think I first met her when I was probably in fifth or sixth grade. Um, and are actually like, first experience with each other was at like an open swim at our school like once or twice a week they would you could show at like six o'clock at night and swim till like 8 p.m i think most schools do that or have similar programs um but yeah that was the place for all the middle schoolers to get together and for the boys to hang out with the girls and we i don't know what game we were playing we were playing some game with a ball maybe it was like some mishmash version of like water polo but I remember having the ball at one point and she had like jumped onto my back to try and tackle, like dunk me into the water for me to give up the ball. And she freaking clawed her fingernails all the way down my back. And it looked like a cat had scratched me. And I had no idea who this fucking girl was. I'm like, <laughs> I was mad. I looked at her. I'm like, this. So. <laughs> Typical middle school insult. I'm like, oh, she's a witch. She scrapped. Like, she's she a witch. <laughs> she's floating. She must be a witch. <laughs> but yeah, and then like, that's how we kind of met. And then, God, we didn't really start dating or like getting together or really interacting more until a couple of years after the fact. Like, we had semi-crossing friend groups. Like, I would see her at parties, um, or obviously see her around school in the cafeteria and shit, but. Um, was never like, never thought I wanted to date her. And then somewhere in high school, we, you know, we start connecting more and more because we're, you know, we're a tiny town. All there is to do is to go to house parties on the weekend. So we start seeing ourselves or seeing each other, uh, like more and more house parties. And, um, I always joke that, uh, the one time I like instantly became attracted to her is she like, was just staring at me in the hallway in between classes and she was just giving me like these crazy eyes but like like these sexual eyes like mm, mm, mm -hmm. i want to do stuff to you eyes and i'm like it took me took me way back i'm like well are, are you looking at me i'm looking around like what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah and then i actually texted her after the fact and i was like oh what the hell was that and she just sent me like a winky face back and then that kind of started our journey Ooh. of like flirting and talking Ooh, to each other the wink face huh yeah um but then we like we dated on and off a lot throughout high school we'd get together for a few weeks and then break up and get together for a few weeks and break up like like most high school romances go but we always like no matter how many times we split up we always like ended up back with each other or talking to each other um and then i left for the air force right after graduation we weren't together at the time I reached out to her when I was in like my my tech school, the school where I was getting trained on my job, and we kind of like officially got back together during that time. But then we were doing the long distance stuff. So we ended up right back to where we were where it was mostly me. I would like get hung up that I was with a bunch of dudes down in the military and I'm seeing them talk to girls left and right and they're going out and having a blast and it was very much like I had a lot of thoughts of like, oh, the grass is greener. Why am I wasting my time on this girl who's half a country away? So right. 
I'd break up with her. And then a couple weeks later, realize, oh, shit, I made a mistake. I miss her. And then we get back together for a couple months and then we break up again. We, me and my wife have been together and been apart probably like seven or eight times from, from the time we met to where we are now. But we always kept coming back to each other. And finally, I kind of like woke up to that idea of like, hey, you need to stop being immature. You like, I obviously love her when mm-hmm. I'm not with her. All I'm doing is thinking about her. Yeah, it, I don't know. I kind of woke up to that fact that like I want to be with her. How do I get her down here with me across the country? Right. And um, went home on leave one time, and we were pretty serious at this point. We had been together again for about a year. One of my friends down in Texas helped me pick out a ring, and then went home on leave and proposed to her. Ooh. I had this whole freaking extravagant plan to like propose to her at the Niagara Falls. And then we were going to go like have a whole date day and just spend the day together. Um, but I chickened out. I got really, really nervous about it. And um, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't like keep the surprise in. And I ended up proposing to her in our house or in my house, uh, like my childhood home. She had stayed the night with me, like my first night on leave. And we woke up the next day, the day I was going to propose to her. And we had the, or I had the whole date day plan and I proposed to her in bed that morning. Like I would, cause I had like <laughs> totally chickened out. I was terrified. Yep. Cause the Niagara Falls is a really busy place. And I was like, what if I go there and there's thousands of people there and she turns me down? Like Oof. I was really nervous about it. So I did it in bed in my childhood home and she said yes. And it was kind of like, I don't want to say all down, all uphill from there. All downhill, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, that got the ball rolling on wedding planning and her moving down to Texas. And, you know, we've been together since. So we've been married since 2011. So we're coming up on our 12-year anniversary. Which That's is crazy. Really crazy to think about. But yeah. wouldn't change it for the world. It's so that's like, 11 of married. So then how long have you guys been together, like, total then? Like uh, dating all that? Was that, like, 15 or... Yeah, I mean, if if you count all the on and off stuff, um, yeah, it's probably more like fifteen or sixteen. Damn, years Damn. that we've like been together. So, a long time, dude. That's not an insignificant portion of your life. <laughs> no, more, like we're getting like, to the like fifty percent. Yeah, we always joke that we're getting to the point where, or like she's coming up on. Oh no, here in like. Six or seven years, she'll have had my last name longer than she had her own last name, which is weird. Whoa, that is weird. Or my math may be wrong there. It's probably like eight or nine years. But it's weird to think like we're, you know, here in the next 10 years, like we're going to be hitting those stages of life. So it's cool. Definitely not like a fairy tale story. A lot of turbulence in there. But ultimately, we ended up together and have two great kids and we're happy. So that's fantastic. Yeah, amazing. I love that you you said it, you know, the high school sweethearts thing with like the turbulent in between because I think a lot of the like the cliche stories it's like, oh, it's the high school sweethearts and they get married and they're happily ever after and nothing goes wrong and no one yeah. ever dates anybody else or you know all, all this stuff and it's like, you know, there there are some people like that. My best friend um actually started dating his current wife sophomore year of high school and they've been together ever since they've been married uh what is that since about 2015 now and uh yeah they've never dated any neither one of them has ever 
slept with or dated anyone else. And to me, that's wild. <laughs> it's really <laughs> but, impressive. Yeah, it's incredibly impressive. And, you know, it just, and those things do happen. It doesn't always work out for everybody, of course. But yeah, they seem to be one of those couples where that's, it's totally fine. And it like just works out. I think if you can get through your 20s, though, that, that's the weird part for me is like you start dating someone when you're like 15 and now you're like 32, 33, 34, whatever. Like you're just a completely different person. And so to yeah. have been with that person the whole time through that is pretty, pretty intense. I think for me to feel comfortable proposing, we almost needed the turbulence. Like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to go through life playing the what if game of like, did I make the mistake staying with the same person the whole time where like, through all those turbulence and breakups, she dated other people, I dated other people. We kind of learned, like, right, all right, even after being with other people, we still want each other. So it was like, yeah, the turbulent time, all the breakups, it was rough. It did a toll on her and it did a toll on me. But I think ultimately it was probably worth it because it kind of left us with little reservations. Like, we both knew we, we wanted to be with each other, even though we had been with other people. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Wow. Very cool story, sir. Very cool. And when we get to mine, I'll tell you, I also kind of chickened out with my proposal. So <laughs> well, I'll let Good. you know how that went. Uh, but Daryl, let's go to you. So uh, how did you meet your wife? Uh, so I met my wife in 2008. And I actually met her online. Ooh. So before, you know, online dating became like a big thing that it is nowadays, it was... It was relatively known, but a lot of people weren't really doing it back then. But I met my wife on AOL Messenger. <laughs> no way. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I, I just like, you know, hopped into a chat room one day. I just like tried to pick up the most feminine usernames because I was like, okay, Super Saucy 89 has to be a woman. <laughs> I mean, it has to be a woman. I'm going to take the courage to talk to this person. Right. Did you hit her with the ASL? I did not. <laughs> Classic. I did not. It, 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 it's funny when I think about it how back in those days, coming up with the dumbest username was probably like the the most immature thing you can do so like my wife's her her name was super saucy 89 mine was freak of nature but i spelled it so wrong that like i tried to make it sound hip yeah so i like instead of spelling of i put uh and spelled nature in a weird ebonics way oh my god so it was so funny but yeah now that i think about it it's like <laughs> oh man i was so stupid being a young kid but that's how i met my wife um, she was in school at the time when I decided to talk to her. So we were just talking. She was in class. I think I was at home. And then we just started talking. It really hit off. I think like maybe a month later, uh, we decided to meet up in person. And luckily, she wasn't too far away. She was probably like an hour away from where I lived. Okay. So I drove out to meet her. I was really nervous, like driving out there because I was really afraid I was being catfished. Mm -hmm. I had seen pictures of her. She sent me, but I was like, how real is this? You and know? you never know People... if it's like a current picture or like an older, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I was really nervous. Like the drive there, I was like, maybe I should just turn around, send her a message say, Hey, I can't make it. Maybe I'll come out there another time. But I ended up driving all the way out to her place. I meet her. Luckily, she was exactly the way she looked in her pictures. You mm -hmm. know, nothing looked off. 
Um, so I was really happy. It was like this whole, I was able to let this breath out. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. You are a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you are who you say you are. You, know, you like, are who yeah. you say you are. So we're talking, we're talking. And then that first day, man, I was grilled. Like I had to drive all the way to LA with her to meet her aunt because her she was living with her relatives. Her immediate family was up north where I currently stay. So she was down in southern LA for school. So I had to drive out there to like meet and greet her aunt because I couldn't really meet her dad. So I had to just talk to her aunt. Her aunt only spoke Spanish. So like this girl who's, who could potentially be my girlfriend is like translating her aunt's questions to me. <laughs> I'm relaying these answers back. And, you know, it was just a really nerve wracking experience. Oh and my gosh. That, I drive with the girl I'm talking to and her cousin, because the cousin was there more of like a, like a, as a bodyguard. Like a chaperone. Make sure I don't run <laughs> off with her. So it was a really strange experience, you know, meeting this girl who could be my girlfriend. But, you know, short story, uh, story short, you know, we, we ended up getting together. Um, you know, we were really great, you know, dating, going out, things like that. Our story is not the prettiest. We had a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, at the time, she was like my first girlfriend. So I didn't really, I wasn't really able to like experiment and like be with other people. Mm -hmm. She was like my only girlfriend. So there's a lot of times where it's like, you know, I had like bad commitment issues. Like I was talking to other women, you know, my wife or my girlfriend will find out, you know, there's a lot of problems just, you know, just commitment issues that really haunt me to this day. Mm. And then it really got to a point where, you know, I had to make a grown man decision. It's like this woman who's been with me from day one, she knows all the pain I've caused her, but she's still with me. Like even through the ups and downs, she's still with me. I'm like, I got to grow up. You know, mm -hmm. I just got to grow been up. There. Sounds like me. Yep. And it, yeah, it's <clears throat> just like, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be where I am today without her. She's like been with me through everything. So that's not necessarily necessarily what made me want to marry her. It's just, you know, how good of a person she is. That's the reason why I wanted to marry her. Like from the very first moment I met her, I was like, dude, I, I could see myself with her. So, yeah, you know, we really hit it off. Things have been really great for us. You know, I moved out. Uh, that was a really big decision for me, just moving out to where she grew up, up here in Northern Cal. Mm -hmm. So really, a pretty unknown place for me, really different lifestyle and way of living compared to down in like the busy area of Southern LA. But yeah, meeting here has been great. I, I absolutely love how life is going for us. We met in 2008. We had been dating until I finally popped the question back in 2015. Okay. So we've been married close to eight years now. And we've been together for like 15 years total. Wow. And I also chickened out too when proposing to my wife. I had like this whole grand setup of like, I'm going to take her to the beach. Because I was really nervous about like taking her to like a crowded area. I didn't really want to be around people. 
as soon as someone gets on their knees, everybody is just drawn to that person. Like, right. Oh, he's going to ask the <laughs> He's going to do it. Yep. I did not want any of that. I didn't want any of that. So I took her to the beach. I, I just thought that would be a best place to like do that. It's just us. It's secluded. There should be nobody around. But I didn't get on my knees, dude. I, I told her, it's like, babe, you know how much I love you. And she kind of had a feeling like something was going on. Because I don't really get romantic like that. I don't say, hey, babe, you know how much I love you? Right. You know? Right. It, just, it was just came out of nowhere. And then she started to, like, tear up. And I was like, hey, will you marry me? <laughs> yep. And it's weird for me. I, I didn't really go the traditional route. I didn't, like, ask for her dad, like, her hand in marriage. I, feel, I felt really stupid about it. Like, nobody knew that I was going to propose to her. So I kind of th- did things, like... Out of like, like to, to just traditional ways of getting married, mm-hmm. um, it was cool, you know, it was special. It's like our way of like, you know, getting together as as uh, husband and wife. I think it should match the couple, right? Like, so if you know, like, if you guys are like low key people and you're not like going out and do like, so for example, I have one of my friends who proposed to his current wife in front of the Eiffel Tower in Paris on vacation when they hired a photographer to, like, follow them and take, like, the candid... All this shit, right? And I'm like, that's just not something I would ever do. But they are also two doctors, and they travel all the time, and they're, like, big foodies, and they're big into, like, social media and, like, all this shit where it's like, okay, so your proposal matched your relationship, right? Like, if I tried to do that with Steph, she would have fucking killed me because she hates... (laughs) Hates when people take her picture and put it on social media... She doesn't use social media. She doesn't like attention on her. Even on our wedding day, that was something she had to like come to terms with. Was like everyone's focused on me, and I'm like, yeah, but babe, that's supposed to be. It's one day, right? Today you should you should be okay getting the attention, all that kind of stuff. So mine was a much lower key proposal as well. Like I just ended up doing it at home. You know, like I ordered takeout food for us that night, and basically just like did it as like on any other kind of day like any other random day i had to figure out a way to to be on one knee naturally that was a hard part for me so our cat that we had adopted the same one we have likes to hide jewelry and shit she, like she'll hit it off the counter and like move it around and so she had this little like cat cave in our room like a little orb thing and i just pretended to be like oh my god like look at what the cat fucking like hit into here babe come look at this and then when she came over to look i was already on one knee like reaching into it and then i pulled out the ring so i just did like nice. a little like <clears throat> but uh but like i didn't ask anyone's permission either kind of to your point daryl and i thought about it because her sister is married and had been before or like before that time and the her husband asked steph's dad for like his blessing right and permission which is pretty like you know that's like an old school move it's very traditional but that's not really me and it doesn't ultimately matter what he thinks because like it's what your wife thinks this is what i said in my head i'm like i don't need his permission i need need my wife's or to be wife's permission right like he doesn't own her so it's kind of weird that i'd have to ask for permission like that so i just decided not to do it and luckily it was fine like he didn't get mad or anything like that but i was worried about it because i was like fuck my my brother-in-law did that so am i like not following precedent or whatever by not asking but yeah and luckily she didn't have any like older brothers or cousins who were you know chaperones or whatever like during the during the process so pretty interesting but um but yeah so steph and i met in high school as well she moved to california in 
Oh, man. About five years before I did. So she was in, like, early middle school when she moved to California. Or late grade school, rather. And I moved here right before freshman year of high school. And it ended up being that I, my family bought the house that was, like, right around the corner from her. I could legit see her house, like, from my bedroom window. So kind of the girl next door scenario. And she was one of the first people I hung out with in California because, like, the neighborhood kids, like, you know, when someone moves into town, like, usually someone breaks the ice and, like, comes over and is like, hey, like, we're hanging out. Do you want to, like, come hang out or whatever? So I did that. And it was her and a couple of her friends, one of whom was was in our wedding um, as, par- as part of her bridal party, Cassie, and we're still really good friends with her. But her and a couple other g- girls, like, asked me to come over and hang out, and they did a tarot reading for me. That's what I remember distinctly. That was the first interaction I had with them. And then after that, once high school started, we just sort of found different groups. Like, I kind of found, like, the nerdy kids in one, in one sense, and then also, like, the skaters, because I was a big skater in high school. And so I just had, like, a different group. We, like, saw each other but didn't ever talk, didn't ever, you know, really interact. I don't think I had any classes with her or anything either. We just kind of, like, coexisted. And then in college, we actually both went to UC Santa Barbara for undergrad. And same kind of thing happened where it was, like, just different groups, different peeps. So, like, I would, I would longboard to class, and I would see her sometimes, and we'd be, be like, hey, hey, but, like, never really talked. And I actually ended up dating one of her friends for a while. And, yeah, for about, well, not, like, a while, like, six months, eight months or something like that. And then after that, I remember just, like, senior year of high school or of college just being like, oh, like, you know, she's pretty cute, like, you know, like she would post some pictures on Facebook at the time. And I was like, oh, she's hot. Like, looks, at she's wearing this bikini on the beach. Oh, my God. You know, that kind of shit. And but never like ended up actually talking to her. So that was kind of it. Right. And then I went to grad school on the East Coast. She moved back here to San Francisco and started working after college. And it was just like different paths. And eventually I moved back from grad school and I was here living in the area again. And our moms are actually friends and were beforehand. Like our moms were in the book club together. Okay. And part of that book club was like Stephanie's mom being like, Oh, like I'm playing in this church, like music thing. My daughter's going to be there too. You should just come like, see it. So my mom went, saw it. And at the event, she talked to Stephanie and was basically like, you know, like Stephanie's like, Oh, she's really nice. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh, you should like reach out to Colin. He's back in town. He just moved into town. And so she did basically. And we just like started chatting on Facebook and the timing was fortuitous because she had just gotten out of like a couple year relationship. So she was just like brand newly single. Right. And I had been single at that time for probably two years. Like I dated a lot in college and high school. And then when I got into grad school, I just like stopped dating for a long time. And so, yeah, I remember going out to dinner with her And it was just like super natural right away. It just felt great. Like the conversation flowed really easily. She was funny and really cute. And I remember just being so nervous to like, even like at the end of the dinner, like I didn't give her a kiss goodbye or anything. And I was like, ah, fuck, like I should have done it. Right. And we went on a second date, didn't kiss her again. And so on the third date, I remember like, I told her like, you know, I got to like, you know, I'm sorry. I haven't like made a move yet. Like I'm like really like I'm just kind of nervous, but I knew I had to say something because I didn't want to get friend zoned. You know, if you go on enough dates and you don't make a move, it's just like, okay, maybe we're just friends, you know? And yeah, basically from that point on, we started dating and we dated for about two years before I asked her to move in with me. And then at that point we dated for another two years and it was on our four year anniversary that I proposed to her. And then we got married about a year and a half after that. So 
we're coming up on our one year marriage anniversary, but it'll be six years together. Uh, basically once we get to May. So that's kind of how Steph and I met. Not not childhood sweethearts or high school sweethearts, but we didn't know each other in high school. It's, it's pretty funny. We have this like parallel life path where we just ended up like back in the same spot, even though we did different things. So yeah, pretty, uh, pretty cool. How soon did I know I wanted to marry her? Mm, probably like a year and a half in. I remember I had a house party and she was out of town or something, so she couldn't make it, but all my buddies were there. And I remember, like, taking shots in the kitchen, just fucking hammered, telling my best friends at the time, like, she's the one, dude, let me tell you, she's the fucking best. You know, like, you know, something like that. <laughs> like, something like that. And I think they were like, whoa, like, calm down, dude. She better not, like, hear you say that, right, if she doesn't feel – but that's when I knew, probably about a year to a year and a half in, somewhere in that time range. So, Yeah. It's funny, you guys were talking about <clears throat> asking for permission. I tried to go the traditional route and I asked her dad, and he loves to tell the story. I love to tell the story because I went over there. I was like terrified to talk to him, but he knew what it was because I had like talked to my wife's stepmom. And I was like, hey, is Jim around? I need to talk to him about something really important. Yeah. And like, right the second I asked that, like they knew. Yeah. What else would it be, right? So I show up and he's like, chilling downstairs in his basement in his pjs like he's got sweatpants on just lounging watching a football game and i'm just like hey sir uh i just need to ask you a really important question he's like are you he finished the sentence for me he's like you're gonna ask stacy to marry you yeah and i was like uh yeah uh do i like i'm just seeking your blessing yeah and he's like he's like yeah i give you my blessing but she has to stay in New York to finish school. Like he was really worried she was going to move down South with me and <clears throat> all her school aspirations, all that was going to go out the window. She was going to be the typical like military wife, stay at home mom type of thing. And he was like terrified of that. And he tells me to this day, like he's so happy we didn't go that route, but he's like, she has to stay here in New York. She has to finish school before you can get, before you guys can get married. And I was like, I can't promise you anything. I don't know what her <laughs> intentions are. We haven't talked about it. Yeah. But I know her and I don't know what she's going to do and I'm not going to stop her. But mm -hmm. I will try and like talk to her about it. So sh sure shit, I proposed to her. And that like very same evening, we're like doing the rounds on all the family members, like sharing yeah, the calling news and everybody. him. And he, of course, asked her like, all right, so what are your plans? And she's like, well, I'm moving to Texas. Like, we're getting married. What do you mean? Yeah. And he's, and he's like, like, fucking. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, that's not what we, would, that's not what we discussed. Like, mm -hmm. Josh promised that you would stay in New York. And I was like, I didn't promise anything. Don't drag me into this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, it yeah. all worked out. Like, she moved to Texas. She literally just transferred, transferred schools. She graduated with her bachelor's, went to pharmacy school. She makes more than I do now. Like, she is extremely successful and he tells me all the time he's like yeah i think i just kind of like doubted you a little bit at that time because all i knew was like typical high school josh who just made my daughter upset and caused problems in our house mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah sorry yeah like, right right it's fun it's the, hard uh, if you've got like since you know the family for, for that long you've got like that baggage too of the history you know yep yeah 100 percent and then my another fun part of our proposal tale, my wife likes to give me shit because I propose on the winter solstice, December 21st. Shortest day of the year, baby. Shortest day of the year. And she gives me shit all the time. She's like, you like me so little 
that you wanted a, our proposal day to be the shortest day of the year. So it was less time we had to spend together. And I'm like, and she's just being, she's just fucking with me. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know the winter solstice. I had no idea, but <laughs> I don't have it's... a fucking farmer's almanac here on my desk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's nice though. Cause now like, I always look like the rock star that I can remember our proposal date, but the yep. only way I can remember it is because I know it's the shortest day of the year. So when I forget the date, I just look it up. Oh, bro. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're telling me I proposed, like I said, on our anniversary so I could remember it as well. It seemed like a clean yeah. day. I mean, that wasn't the whole reason, obviously, but it seemed like a clean, like, okay, this will be the new like anniversary. These two dates are were one, our dating anniversary and my proposal anniversary are the same thing. Like, you know, yeah, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, nice jaunt down memory lane, boys. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed that, how we met our significant others. So Gary, Sly G. Cooper, thank you very much for your question, sir. It is much appreciated. Now let's get into and talk some video games, shall we? Let's get into the PlayStation Plus Roundup, the new coveted section of the show that Slugger owns. So Slugger, why don't you take us away on what this month has in store for us? All right, that's my cue. It Woo! is time for the PlayStation Plus Roundup. Um, I'm only... So the April uh, Essential Games, I think, have been announced. Correct. I'm pretty sure. I forget uh, what they are, but... Let me, let me look up. Oh, wait. No, hey... Meet Your Maker will be on it, but I don't know if we know the other ones yet. Okay, maybe that's... It'll be of. next Wednesday, I guess, <laughs> or Tuesday, whatever that cadence is. Okay. So I'm a little late on these, but these did go live this week. So they're still very relevant. Uh, they've been announced for a while, but I'm for this roundup, I'm going to cover the March PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Premium games. Just give you guys a little bit of info about them, and then we can hit on any important ones we want to talk about. But uh, we got Chia, or Tachia, or Takaya, however, Chia. <laughs> um, that's a PS5, PS4. Uh, I like to call it the Moana simulator. I will discuss this in the Trophyless Roundup or Trophyless Reviews that we do here in a bit. But yeah, we got a good month. We got that. We got Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection. That's a PS5 only. Uh, that's a 5 out of 10 difficulty game, which will take you about 35 hours. I think that has Uncharted 4 and the DLC uh, included in that collection. And then we got Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, really solid game. I've played this. 3 out of 10 difficulty, 40 hours. Uh, that's a PS5 only as well. Mm. Rainbow Six Extraction, PS5 and PS4 version. That's a 6 out of 10 difficulty. It'll take you, on average, 50 hours, but that's skill dependent. could take you longer if you're kind of shit at the game or if you don't have a good <laughs> team. I think it's a very team-focused game, like online-only type of game. So Right. PvE. Grab your crew. Go kill some aliens. Have fun. Immortals Phoenix Rising. It's a PS5 and PS4 version. That's a 3 out of 10. It'll take about 40 hours. That's actually, I think, a really underrated game. I had a blast playing that. Life is Strange True Colors. The PS5 and PS4 version. That's a 2 out of 10. It'll take you about 6 hours. I assume the 6 hours is with a guide. Yeah, um, it's got to be. If you don't use a guide, you may have to do some cleanup. Like, I know the other Life is Strange games have collectibles that you can miss, but I believe there's chapter select in the other ones. I assume it holds true for this one as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, next up, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, that's a PS5 and PS4 game. That's a 3 out of 10 game, uh, or 3 out of 10 difficulty. It'll take about 40 hours. Haven, 
a PS5 and PS4 game. This is a little indie title. I remember this being advertised had being advertised heavily uh, right before the PS5 launched. That's a three out of ten difficulty. That'll take you about fourteen hours. Life is Strange Two, PS4 only game. I actually keep starting and stopping this, but I do want to do this and true colors at some point here in the next couple months that's a two out of ten game it'll take you about 13 hours same thing there's some missable collectibles in that street fighter 5 champion champion edition that's a ps4 only title 10 out of 10 difficulty so <laughs> if you're getting a, a little disappointed with all the twos and threes and four out of tens on this list this is the guy for you 10 out of 10 150 plus hours godspeed if you attempt this is this the one that reina has doesn't she have some? She, she has a lot of the Street Fighters. Yeah. She's a fighting connoisseur. Yeah, so. that's oh, it's intense, man. Intense. Yeah, I could never. I think I tried no. one on the Vita, and I was like, yeah, this is a waste. And unfortunately, I popped the trophy on it, but ah. <laughs> that's going to sit there at 1% <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, next up, the infamous Untitled Goose game. That's a 4 out of 10 difficulty, 6 hours. You play as a... The Sam Fisher version of a goose and go on stealth missions and have to complete objectives in this open world. It actually looks hilarious. Highly recommend checking it out. I own it, but I've never got around to it. But I've heard nothing but great things about how hilarious and fun that game is. <laughs> Final Fantasy Type-0 HD. Uh, that's a 3 out of 10, 40 hours. I think this is one of those Final Fantasy games that doesn't really get talked about a lot. Um, it was kind of like a side release in between bigger Final Fantasy games. Uh, from my understanding, it's kind of Persona-like. Like, you're, you play as a bunch of kids in a military school, and Correct. then a war breaks out, and the kids get pulled into the war somehow. I don't know. Yeah, and then you but, go home, or you go to the school in between missions and go to classes and power up. And yep. Yeah. I played about 15 hours of it back on Xbox One, and uh, it's okay. I, the thing that's appealing about it is, like, the fact that it's only 40 hours and it's a 3 out of 10. Because some of the yeah. Final Fantasies are way harder. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it, but I feel like I like I haven't played ten or the original seven or nine. Like, there's better Final Fantasy experiences that I I feel like I should play. Yeah, over this one, but maybe I'll check it out at some point. Next up is Rage Two. This is made by ID, the Doom guys. Actually, really enjoyable play uh, gameplay. The story is not too great. The story is kind of meh, but it, it's similar if you took like the world of Borderlands and threw the Doom gameplay on top of it. Like the gameplay is very fun and very like responsive, um, really good gun, gun combat, but the story is just kind of meh. But that's a three out of 10. That'll take you about 25 hours. There is some annoying DLC trophies there. We have to do like the new game plus on the hardest mode. So if that's not your thing and you want the 100%, maybe avoid that one. And then Neo, The World Ends With You, which is a PS4 game. Uh, this is a sequel to, I don't know the original game. It started as a Nintendo DS game. Sorry, let me look this up really fast. Sure. Because I've heard great things about this. Oh, so originally it was just called The World Ends With You. Okay. Right? I don't know, yeah. actually. Yeah, this is one of those Square Enix. This is Square Enix, yeah? That you said? I, I, it's one of those titles that like I've heard talked about a few times, but I never actually knew what it was. 
I didn't yeah, know if so it was a franchise or if it's one game, if it's like a remaster. I didn't know what it was. It it is a Square Enix. Um, so the base game was a Nintendo DS game called The World Ends with You. I think you can actually buy that and play that on the Switch now as well. Okay. Um, I think it's very highly regarded. It reviewed really well at the time. I remember owning it, but I didn't play it a ton. But yeah, this is a sequel or a follow-up to it. From what I've heard, you don't have to play the original to really get the the full enjoyment out of this second one that's on the on the subscription service. But like, there's a lot of Easter eggs and stuff that you'd be missing out on or wouldn't be like connecting the dots on. But I've heard really great things about both games, so that if you're looking for a good RPG, that may be worth checking out. That's a four out of ten. It'll take you about eighty hours. Ooh, all right. That's the essential stuff. PlayStation good Plus. There. Yeah. PlayStation Plus Premium. We got Ridge Racer Type 4, which is a PS1 game. I don't believe this came with trophies. Don't hold me to that, though, but I don't remember seeing a trophy list to that. And then there was Ape Academy 2, which was a PSP version of Ape Escape. So if, if you're yearning for more Ape Escape after that recent PS1 release on playstation plus premium this may be worth checking out uh i have no details on the trophies for these on how difficult they are um but i would assume like most of the other retro games are pretty easy because there's rewind features and save states and all that stuff thank god yeah so ape academy 2 and then last but not least on premium is another siphon filter game siphon filter dark mirror which was a psp game back in the day Again, that has a trophy list, but I don't have good details on how easy or hard that is, but I imagine it's pretty easy. Yeah, I would imagine so too. Damn. And that is your roundup. I I personally think it's a really good month for the service. I think they're doing a great job kind of like holding their own against Game Pass and establishing their own version of a Game Pass on the system. So Certainly, I agree with that. Yeah, I think these are really good titles. Uh, The premium ones, I'm not quite as hyped on but like they're certainly good i don't really know what i would be looking for but i think when you compare it to like legend of dragoon and stuff from the last month right it's like well you know yeah yeah but but still good ones there and they're still adding new things and the trophies continue to be a focus for you know two of those three titles which is great as as far as the extra roundup stuff i mean yeah really good game so to chia we're going to talk about or chia however you pronounce it uh legacy of these collection is is solid both really great games ghostwire tokyo Immortals, Life is Strange, True Colors, Kakarot. You know, yeah, I mean, all these going down are really solid. Rage 2 has appealed to me before just because I've watched gameplay, and I'm like, man, that looks actually really fun to play. The fact that the story's not great gives me some sort of, like, Bulletstorm vibes where the story's a little bit ridiculous and, like, outlandish and whatever, but the actual gameplay and the mechanics are really fun. And there's there's a time and place for those kind of shooters. I think you can just, like, turn your brain off and just enjoy running around and shooting shit. So. Yeah, Bulletstorm's that, yeah. a that's a great comparison. I would that's pretty accurate. Okay. I, I think my favorite part of that game is you have this item that kind of goes in your grenade slot and it's a boomerang. Ooh. And you throw this boomerang at enemies and you just friggin' slice their heads off and it comes back to you and you just go nuts. <laughs> like I had that thing constantly oh flying my God. around the arena, just chopping people's heads off left and right. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And then yeah, Final Fantasy typo. It's 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 not like bad by any means. I don't know why I pull I like eventually stopped playing it and dropped it, but it didn't hold my interest beyond you know again like 10 15 hours, but that's kind of regular for me with JRPGs, so who knows if that's any fault of the game or just me with the genre. 
And last thing I was going to say is uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is coming to Xbox finally, I think next month and on Game Pass. So I'm I'm curious about it. I know it's the trophy list is not too bad for this. If I recall when you talked about it, it's very collecting and collectathon heavy. So yeah, not a not a tough game, just a a long kind of collectible grind. But it, it always looked interesting to me, and I really love Tango GameWorks and Shinji Mikami, and so this seems seems cool. Hi-Fi Rush was their most most recent title released from that studio on Xbox exclusively. So going from Evil Within one and two to then Ghostwire Tokyo to then Hi-Fi Rush, very different style of games. But yeah, yeah, uh, Daryl, anything you want to add as far as the extra and the premium? Any roundup thoughts? Uh, the Life is Strange games are uh, is a series I've been wanting to play for a long time now. So it's good to see that they're adding those games to the list because <laughs> I really enjoyed the first one a lot. So I, I've been itching to get back and try to experience that that uh, that series again. And Ghostwire Tokyo, I always see it. Um, I, I reviewed that game on one of these episodes a while ago. Yep, it's a game I've been wanting to play for a while, so it's good to see that being included in the service as well. And um, Untitled Goose Game, I gotta agree with Slugger. I've seen clips of this game, and it just makes me laugh every time I see it. Just these humans chasing this this goose that's just quacking around. It's 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 pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it does look like nonsense. Absolutely. Kind of reminds me of like Goat Simulator or something where it's just it's just goofy, the whole point of the game. But it was a streaming phenomenon when it came out. I remember seeing it all over the place. Very good. Well, yeah, I'm so I don't have extra anymore, so none of these are going to be immediately available for me. But if I if I did, there's quite a few that I would check out on here because, yeah, there's some really solid stuff, like you said. So. Good job, Sony, continuing to deliver a great middle-of-the-road product with the, not in quality, but middle-of-the-road in terms of, like, the extra is really, I think, where they want you to be. You know, in the premium, you get a little bit of the boost. The essential, you get a little bit, but extra seems like the sweet spot for the, the different tiers of service. So, very cool. Very cool. Thank you, yep. Slugger. All right, guys, let's get into our <laughs> official trophy list reviews. We've got three very different games to talk about and go over today. Now, we had not discussed ahead of time, do we want to go in order of the dock, or does someone have an inkling to go first? I'm, hmm. I'm good with whatever. Hmm. I don't mind going first. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me, unless you want to, Daryl. I feel like you should go first. You, you got a heavy hitter, and I feel like that should be top of the, uh, the list discussion. <laughs> Just right. in my opinion. All right, very good. So what we'll do is I'll go, and then Daryl, you'll go, and then Slugger will close with you. How do you feel about that? Cool. Okay. That sounds good. Let's do it. Let's do it, boys. Well, there's only one game I could talk about today, right? March 25th, time of recording. What was yesterday? Fucking RE4 Remake, baby. It's here. <laughs> Let's go. This game is so good. It's fucking awesome. All right? I'm about five and a half hours in. I'm going to try to keep my discussion specifically to the trophies here because... Next episode, I'm going to really go in on this game and how great it is, but I'm having a wonderful time with it, sitting at 15% completion currently. So getting some trophies, getting some trophies. And yeah, let me tell you, this game and the trophy list associated with it, it's got it all, all right? And I really wanted to try to do a dive here and, a, and mostly focus on comparing this trophy list for Resident Evil to the other Resident Evil lists because there is a lot of similarity, also a lot of differences, 
And I think once you start to really dig into this stuff, like I was doing a ton of research yesterday, like it is very cool how the games have a similar language in terms of design, right? The the menus function the same, the sound effects, the weapons, all that kind of stuff, but also in terms of their trophy list. It's one of the things I love the most about the franchise and trophy hunting in it is it's you know what to expect in some ways and they keep it they keep it 100, all right? Cool, calm and collected. So let's get into it. This is Resident Evil 4 Remake, developed by Capcom Developer Division 1, published by Capcom, released yesterday, March 24th, 2023, for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, also available on the Xbox Series consoles and PC. The game has one platinum, four golds, 10 silvers, and 25 bronzes. To me, pretty good distribution, I have to say. I have to say. There's... There's not too many trophies, and there's like a good incremental increase there in between all those different gold, silvers, and bronzes. I would expect that we are going to get some DLC trophies for this game. I'll talk about that a little bit more next time, but I believe that that will be with the Mercenaries game mode, which we know is coming out. They've teased that in the trailers, but is not here initially for trophies. So, anywho, that could change. Now, the only guide that I found reliably out so far is the power picks guide which gives this game a 7 out of 10 difficulty requiring six playthroughs and 40 hours and when you like dive into that there's actually a way that you could do it in less playthroughs but it would make the difficulty spike even more or you could make the difficulty much less and do eight or nine playthroughs right a typical resident evil fashion it allows you to kind of customize that based on how heavily you want to lean into playing things on New Game Plus to make it easier, or do you want to try to go for things right off the bat? And I'll get into the specifics of that in a little bit. But on first or at first glance, rather, it appears that this is the hardest RE mainline platinum yet. It is right up there with Resident Evil 1, or sorry, Revelations 1 and Resident Evil Revelations 2. So what I did is I got some kind of comparison data. Now, this is pulled from the trophy guides on PSM profiles. So we're comparing two different sources here, just to be clear, power picks and PSM profiles, but this was like the the kind of collated data, right? So here's what we have. Resident Evil 0 was a 5 out of 10, requiring 6 playthroughs and 25 hours. Resident Evil Remake was a 5 out of 10, 6 playthroughs, 30 hours. RE2 Remake, 5 out of 10, 6 playthroughs, 30 hours. RE3 Remake, 4 out of 10, 4 playthroughs, 20 hours. The original RE4 was a 4 out of 10, 2 playthroughs, 25 hours. Resident Evil 5, 4 out of 10, 2 playthroughs, 30 hours. Resident Evil 6, 4 out of 10, 1 playthrough, 60 hours. The one playthrough on that's a little meh, but we'll, we'll let it slide. RE7, 5 out of 10 difficulty, 3 playthroughs, 25 hours. And then Resident Evil 8 or Village, 6 out of 10 difficulty, 3 playthroughs, 25 hours. So what you'll notice right away is that the playthroughs piece, the six playthroughs, is not so uncommon for the RE4 remake guide. The hours are on the higher end of what we would see, the exception being RE6, and the difficulty is certainly higher than any of the other Resident Evil games listed there. Now, I should note that for Resident Evil Village, the Power Picks guide also said it was a 7 out of 10. So if you thought that Resident Evil Village's Platinum was not too bad, we've all played Village in this group, um, you know, this RE4 one, don't be too intimidated by that 7 out of 10. That's all I would say. So that's kind of the overall data right up front. Let's get into sort of some specific trophies and some comparisons here because the list kind of runs the gambit, right? So what I did is I pulled 
the sort of specific challenge trophies from the list and then put their description in the name. And then I called out what other Resident Evil's trophy lists have a similar trophy in them so that you can see just sort of how a lot of these lists are constructed really in ways that are, are not that uncommon. Like they're pulling from all of their previous lists to try to like make these newer lists thematically fit. And uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. So first up, they have a trophy in this game called Gun Fanatic, which is a bronze trophy to obtain all the weapons. Similar trophy is in Resident Evil 0, Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil 5, and Resident Evil 8, okay? There's a second trophy here. We have Shield Your Eyes, which is a bronze trophy to defeat three enemies with one flash grenade. And if you've played a Resident Evil 4 original before, you know how important flash grenades are. So that's a cool kind of trophy. You can use it. Um, I got it in an area where I just threw it at, no spoilers, but if you played the original, the old game, guys, there's a spot where there's a bunch of crows on the ground, right? Right before a boss fight. And if you throw the flash grenade at the ground, you'll kill all the crows and you drop, they drop a bunch of the gold and a bunch of ammo and stuff like that. This trophy you can actually trigger in that way. It doesn't have to be with three sort of main villager enemies or, or anything like that. So keep that in mind because I got this trophy yesterday. But shield your eyes trophy, defeat three enemies with one flash grenade. There are similar trophies of doing multi-kills in Resident Evil games in RE2 Remake, RE3 Remake, RE5, RE7, and RE8. Next up, we have probably the more contentious and more difficult trophies in the game in the Mission Accomplished S+, and S+, Rank Investigator, which is a silver trophy and a gold trophy, respectively, to get an S rank on your playthrough. So Mission Accomplished S+, that trophy is a silver for beating... Uh, standard mode or higher with a with an S plus rank. The S rank S plus rank investigator is a gold trophy for doing that same thing on hardcore. Now the specifics of what an S rank is are very different in every single Resident Evil game, but they the S rank is not a, a new phenomenon, right? We've seen similar things in RE0, RE2, RE3, and it's not a mainline title, but it actually is in Code Veronica as well for the S rank stuff. In this particular game, what I have been reading is that the rank is tied solely to your time. So it has nothing to do with, which is really good, because it used to have to do with, did you use first aid sprays or not? Did you die at all? Did you, you know, those kinds of things. Is your accuracy tied into that? Because this game does measure accuracy in the same way that the original game did in between each chapter. So I was a little worried that having to do that, you know, on hardcore was going to be, you know, no healing, 80 plus percent accuracy for guns etc cetera, etc cetera. so it isn't that which is cool and they also rumored uh before the game came out that you were going to have to earn an s rank on professional which is not true there is no trophy for that in this game so that is good but there is a caveat you still need to earn an a rank in professional and the reason for that is because in order to unlock the bronze trophy i listed at the top gun fanatic to obtain all the weapons you have to get the weapons that are earned via the challenges, right? Some of those are in the shooting range. Some of those are doing specific things in game. One of the weapons that you get is unlocked by getting an A rank on professional. So weirdly enough, that bronze trophy of Gun Fanatic is probably going to be the last trophy or the rarest trophy that a lot of people have on the list. And it's a little bit deceptive because it doesn't sound too bad. It's a little lowly bronze, but it's actually probably going to be the, the last thing you get. So keep that in mind. 
Uh, next up, we have Peerless Agent, which is a gold trophy to complete the game on Professional, which is the highest difficulty in this game. So I looked at which of these games had trophies for beating it on the hardest difficulty. Uh, long story short, it's almost all of them, right? We've got RE0 Remake, RE2 Remake, RE3 Remake, RE5, RE6, RE7, RE8, Original RE4. So basically, this franchise, and this is no exception, always asks you to beat the game on the hardest difficulty. That's one of the things I love about their trophy list. Next up, we've got Sprinter in this game, which is a silver trophy to complete the game in under eight hours, which seems pretty reasonable. The game is broken up into 16 chapters, and my experience so far being on chapter 7 right now is that the chapters take anywhere between 40, like 35 minutes up to as much as like 55 to an hour, depending on how much you're exploring, if you're doing side quests, because yes, there are side quests in this game to some extent, and, and things like that. So I think this eight hours is relatively reasonable. Again, you can do this on New Game Plus with you know infinite ammo or anything like that. You could do this with your infinite rocket launcher and play it on assisted difficulty. This is the thing that's cool about these challenge runs with Resident Evil is they don't some of them require difficulty, but others you can just do unassisted, and you can kind of make it as easy or as tough as you would want. I'm sure in a week or two, we're going to see speedruns on professional new game in under eight hours, no problem. Probably coming in at like two and a half to three hours, so this is very doable. And there are similar speedrunning trophies in Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil 2 Remake, 3 Remake, RE7, and RE8. So it's another very common theme for the franchise. <laughs> I got three more to go through and then just some general remarks and then I'll, I'll close up if you guys have comments. So next up, we've got Frugalist, which is actually a trophy that's repeated identically in other lists with the exact same name. This is a silver trophy to complete the game without using a recovery item. This is present in Resident Evil 0, Resident Evil 2 Remake, 3 Remake, RE7, and RE8. Weirdly, I thought it was in the original, but it's not. So I was kind of surprised to like go back and look at some of the ways that the original RE remake list is actually not as bad as I thought it was, uh, or difficult as I thought it was, rather. So, yeah, and the other versions of this trophy all have different degrees of how many heals you're allowed to use. I believe in RE7, you can heal once. In RE8, I think you can heal three times or less. And a lot of that is because there are different points in the game where you take automatic damage, like during a cutscene, for some, or example, something like that, where it's unavoidable. You're, you you have to take the damage, and so they're not going to punish you with that, and they will let you heal, and that's why some of those other trophies let you do it one or three times. In this game, the fact that you can't use any recovery items at all tells you a couple things. One, it tells you that you're not going to be damaged in any cutscenes, or if you are, you're going to come back full health, right? Like maybe some time will elapse, and you'll wake up, and your health will be full. And it also plays off the fact that there is now a crouch, which you can use to dodge, attacks in this game so if enemies throw ranged weapons at you or anything like that you can crouch underneath them you can also like evade certain boss attacks with with a prompt that comes up it's kind of qte ish but it's very minimal and but it'll let you dodge things and also in this game there is a parry just like in dark souls it's on the left bumper and it is your knife and when you use it you parry an attack there's a trophy for that and if you parry it correctly in just-in-time fashion, you'll stagger the enemy. So the game gets gives you like lots of defensive options to make sure that you don't get hit, and so that's why this Frugalist trophy is in the game. 
seems pretty intense because it's a long game. And I will tell you, I'm using a lot of heals and I'm playing on standard. So <laughs> this is going to be, this, this, this one might be tough. Um, next up, we've got Minimalist, which is a silver trophy to beat the game using only CQC, so your knife, or a handgun. I really like that they added this caveat in because doing the whole game with just the knife would be really, really, really tough. So you can use a handgun. You can upgrade the handgun as much as you want. You can upgrade the knife as much as you want. So, you know, and there's, there's different knives you unlock from doing challenges, which are better than the one that you start with because your knife actually has durability in this game and it will break and it will need to be repaired. Um, I'll go more into that in the you know next episode and what we've been playing and describing that kind of like gameplay loop, but just know that you will need to upgrade the knife for this. And there's similar trophies for this in Resident Evil Remake, the first game, and in Resident Evil 8. And then the last trophy is the Revolution Windup, which is a silver trophy to destroy all the Clockwork Castellans. At first, I thought this was a homage to like the original, the giant statue uh, that chases you around <laughs> at the end of the castle doesn't appear that that's the case it is actually these are the collectibles in the game they're like little bobbleheads and then just like in the other games where it's present they make a specific noise so that you know it's there right even if you can't see it you'll hear it if you're playing with headphones you'll be like all right there's a collectible in this area i should look for it and there's collectible trophies in resident evil 2 remake 3 remake 7 and 8 so all of the recent resident evil games have added this collectible feature they were previously not in the older games, or rather they were the file collectibles in the older games. So that's one of the changes in the series that's gone, that's been going on. Um, and then the only other things I really wanted to say about the list up front before I let you guys kind of jump in if you've got questions and comments is that there's miscellaneous combat trophies in the list. So things like I told you for parrying an enemy, um, for killing a regenerator with one bullet, you know, stuff like that. There's trophies for specific bosses which i won't name in case someone's not played the game but as you progress through the game you will get things and trophies automatically for doing so and then there's trophies for getting all the treasures in each area treasures were introduced in this game they carried forward into re5 and i absolutely loved that gameplay loop of finding the treasures turning them in you know using that money to upgrade your weapons and your guns this is also in re8 right and i thought that was really really cool you can buy the treasure maps from the merchant in this game but and, and it'll show up all on your map but i fucked up because i'm an idiot I'm, I'm doing my first playthrough blind and i was trying to just use the map that i bought and i got to the castle and i didn't get the trophy for getting all the treasure in the village because there's one for all the treasure in the village area one for all the treasure in the castle area and one for all the treasure in the island and I didn't pop it and i was like what the fuck like i could have swore and then when i looked i had found 38 of 39 so I had missed one trophy, and you cannot clean this up in New Game Plus. It has to be on a New Game file. So that's a little bit of a bummer. But keep that in mind. There's collectibles. And there's also a, uh, a challenge to beat the game without talking to the merchant at all. So without purchasing anything from them. And without turning in side quests. Because there are merchant requests in this game. There's trophies associated with doing all of them and with doing one. And the merchant requests function kind of as like when you're near the merchant, there's a little piece of paper like on the wall, you'll click on it and it'll be like, hey, the merchant's looking for a golden chicken egg or the merchant's looking for three vipers, right? Or something like that. And so you'll just, as you're out and about or shooting the medallions in the starting area, I think everyone remembers that, the blue hanging ones. Like if you do those things, you'll turn it in 
and the merchant rewards you with spinel, which previously was a treasure in the game, but now spinel is a unique treasure from these these quests that can be turned in for very specific and unique items, such as treasure maps, yellow herbs to increase your max health, certain guns are tied behind spinel and not normal currency, um, stuff like that. So yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool sort of system and interplay there. And lastly, just some stats before I turn it over. Right now, there's only one Platinum Achiever. Let me just refresh to make sure that hasn't changed. Yep, one Platinum Achiever. Average completion is at 8% uh, for the PS5 version. It's got 2,951 recent players. And the Platinum Trophy is called Cuz Boredom Kills Me. And I actually fucking hate that title. <laughs> Uh, but I will say that the, the trophy artwork for the Platinum is very cool looking and, and very intricate in keeping with some of the other Platinums for the Resident Evil games. So, yeah, that was a lot of info for you guys. I, I hope that the comparisons were cool. I really wanted to show just kind of how this stacks up with the other RE lists. And I think at the end of the day, I do think it is going to be the hardest mainline Resident Evil Platinum to obtain but I don't think it's going to be the lowest rarity because RE4 is so beloved that I feel like much like Elden Ring and other games like that nature, that a lot of people are just going to do it because they love the game so much. So yeah, that's what I have. Um, Daryl or Slugger, do you guys have any questions about Resident Evil 4 Remake? I'll let you go, Daryl. <clears throat> I don't have any questions, but I just want to call out, I think my favorite trophy on the list as of right now is the Hope You Like Thrill Rides where you have to make it through the minecart sections without taking any damage. Yes. And I like it because the artwork just shows Leon. <laughs> I think it's Sarah in a cart. And it looks like they're on like an amusement ride. <laughs> oh yeah, Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ashley. <laughs> yep, yep. There's um there's there's another trophy that and of course I closed the fucking the list now. There's another trophy to, to go up a, a certain elevator section in the game without it stopping. So there's like two of them. And then there's another one, actually, that's to do the final escape sequence on the jet ski without taking any damage. So those are going to be kind of annoying if you, like, fuck up and you don't have a save in the right spot. So my recommendation is just to have many manual saves in the game. Yeah, It'll give you saves when you, at least on standard and hardcore, It'll it'll auto save for you pretty regularly. Professional does not auto save. You have to only use the typewriters, and yeah, it gives you a save at the end of every chapter of the game. So you'll for sure have those. But yeah, I would try to make manual saves as close to those three areas of the game as possible, and and try to do them. I'm gonna try to go for them all on my first playthrough here, just because I'm playing on standard. But I will say, like, the game is not easy, right? And I don't know. Like I don't know. I'm I'm not dying a ton, but it's Resident Evil 4 does this thing and the original did it really well too, which is called DA, which is difficulty adjustment, and it's a behind the scenes sort of calculator and number that goes on where when you take damage from an enemy or when you use bullets up, um the game gets slightly easier because you need more resources and you have less health. But if you're playing really well and you're not taking damage and you're being really good with your resources, the game will be will get slightly harder. And that will play out with like enemy aggression and things like that. So I'm wondering if there's something like that going on in this game because you're you're just like on a knife's edge of like, do I have enough ammo for this section? You know, uh, I, I regularly am running out of shotgun shells, um, regularly running out of my handgun bullets. Like 
those kinds of things or I'll, I'll use up like all my heals and then in the next area I'll find like one more or something. So it's very, um, it's very tense. I think I've only died, died like maybe twice so far, but it's, yeah, I'm taking lots of damage, getting used to, to like the parrying and being able to dodge and stuff like that. It's, it's really, it takes some getting used to. It just plays a little bit different than other RE games. And so I think once you get to know this game well, I can see it being really, really fun to just like cruise through this shit and like basically take no damage and just wreck everybody and never get hit and all this stuff. But at least when I was first playing, I'm like, man, this is tough. And uh, there's a lot more enemies like on the screen. So that initial like village area where the game starts, like I think on the original, there would maybe be six or seven enemies like on the screen chasing you at any given time. There was probably like close to 20 enemies chasing me. And, you know, you've got a handgun with, like, 15 bullets. And if you know where the shotgun is, you'll grab the shotgun. But it's like, wait a second, what? <laughs> so so um, I can see people who, like, a couple of my friends who don't play Resident Evil games ever have messaged me and said that they're going to get this game. I can see that initial section maybe turning a lot of people off because you kind of just have to run and, like, run and gun it. And it's, it's probably the hardest section in the game so far is, like, in the very beginning. And then it, it like eases up. So I could see that maybe being a barrier for some people, but good call outs on those trophies though, Daryl. I got a couple questions. Yeah, um, what's up? Did you, are you doing a blind playthrough for your first? Yes. Or, okay. So you're not well, going for anything specific. I mean, you're just. Yeah. I'm, I looked at the list. So I, I know that like, I'm going to go for the, you know, the do the minecart section without taking damage or, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and. I know like certain things to go for, like the, the shooting range and whatever, but yeah, I'm not doing a, any other challenge runs or a guide for my first playthrough and I'm just doing it on standard difficulty. Okay. And then like, there's the modes you kind of talked about this with the speed run, but like mm -hmm. complete the main story without talking to the merchant once. Couldn't you save that for a later playthrough where you already have everything unlocked and you're just steamrolling yep. with unlimited ammo. And that's just kind of like a, yes, I don't know like a super easy trophy yeah 100 percent. like that one and the um the oh my gosh the the minimalist one i, I don't think are as bad as they sound because like again you can do them on new <clears> game <throat> plus and you can do them on assisted difficulty and for the one without you know or for using a knife only in the handgun you can still buy like the body armor for yourself you can still I don't, it just depends how much you want to combo these things like if you're trying to do yeah the handgun knife only and no heals and no merchant like you know then it's like okay shit like that would cut down your playtime significantly but it would also make it a lot harder so and i think the power picks guide does a really good job of spelling out like i'm gonna you know they're like at the top like i'm gonna write this as if you're gonna do six playthroughs here's ways okay. that you can you can do this to minimize it down to as few as three but it would be really tough and um even in the beginning when you're choosing the difficulty it was weird. Like the way they did it was assisted was, you know, like, you know, for people who are new to games, whatever, like standard was like, you've not played the description was you have not played the original resident evil four. That was how it described that difficulty. Hardcore was you've played the original resident evil four. So I, I don't really know. It's kind of odd. Um, but again, my experience, I think it's tough. If I was playing on hardcore right away, I, I would be, I'd be a bit annoyed in some areas. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Dude, that shitty platinum trophy name, because boredom kills me. Is that a callback to a previous 
re game or something that happens in the game. Like it just seems so out of place. It it must be a dialogue line from Leon. That's the only thing I can think of because, yeah, I don't I don't exactly know. None of the other ones like so re three remake is so long RC right. Re two remake is Raccoon City Native. Then you've got like Bio Splattered and all these other ones. You know BSAA operative uh, or whatever. So I, I just I looked it up. Is it is I think it's from when Leon and and Ashley are talking at the end of the game. I think it's a dialogue, but am I incorrect in that? Yeah, so it's a it's a Leon one liner. There you go. Uh, I don't I don't know the context, but I guess in the base game he says, "Thanks, that should keep me company because boredom kills me." There but you go. Then the captions on the cutscene are spelled C U Z, like it was a localization spelling error. Wow, classic. Um, <laughs> that's I mean that's kind of cool that it's a little tie in like that, but I still don't like yeah. the name. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I was thinking like that it. It kind of reminds me of the opening sequence where he's just riding in the car. He's like leaning up against the window. Yeah. You know, like, hey man, you're you're on this mission. And then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's when we get to next episode, it'll it'll be cool because they've changed some story stuff already for me in the first like four or five hours that are, you know, have some cool implications and and yeah. It, it it's interesting. It's not quite as one to one as you would think. Like in terms of a remake or like a re, you know you're going through it and you're like oh this is that area. This is the farm. This is the the section on the cliffside. This is the lake monster boss fight. Whatever. And it is the same, but there's enough different there that it's like whoa, like kind of cool. Yeah. Um. There's a technical error or a technical issue that I'm having, which is pissing me off. And the game rains. Okay. The, like at night it's raining. It looks really cool. Uh, I saw this. The raindrops on the bottom of the screen? Is that what you're talking about? Or no? I saw, like, I remember when the demo dropped, the rain looked really kind of, like, fluky. It's, so, I think they lowered the amount or, like, the density of the rain, but for whatever reason, like, where the raindrops would hit the ground, it's kind of tough to describe. Like, normally there's, like, a little, like, splash, you know, a little, like, light, like, from where that happens so that you can see it. And when you go outside and it's raining and then you go back inside... The bottom of your screen will still have flashes of little like purple, green, white, like little raindrops still hitting, and it it's fucking weird. And then you'll have to quit out of the game and reopen it, and then it'll it won't be there anymore. But if you go back outside and then come inside, it does it again. And it wasn't there mm-hmm. for like the first four chapters of the game because it wasn't raining. So I don't know if it's like specific to only a few different spots in the game, but I find that weird for like you know I tried a couple different things. I was like, is it my monitor or whatever? Like, no, it's not happening on other games or anything else. Like. Is it because of HDR that's enabled? Let me turn that off and see if it... No, that's not it. So, like, I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping they patch that soon because once I noticed it last night, it was really distracting, and I couldn't not see it, even if it's just, like, on the very, very bottom of your screen. So, very weird. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that... I'm excited for, um, Colin... Sorry, Slugger. No, you're good. Um, is, um, I mean, we'll all have played Resident Evil 4 Remake by the time of the next episode. But you're the only one out of the three of us who have pl- who's played OG recently. Oh yeah, um, I'm sure we played it, but I haven't played it since like early PlayStation Three, I think. So it'll be cool to kind of get your take of like both games since you played both. Um, you know, not so far apart. Totally, totally. Yeah, I'm I'm really high on the game right now, but you know, I'm middle of the first playthrough, and with all of these games, like Village, I was the same way. Like I finished it, and I was like, that was. 
fucking sick. And then like, you know, a year out or a year later, I'm like, oh, Village is like an A rank for me, but it's not like the highest tier. So I'm, I'll be curious to see like where this settles in because the original and RE4 has never been one of my like favorite RE games. So yeah, but I but I think it's it plays like a very modern game. It feels really cool and it you don't have to have a lot of prior story information to come into this game. So I think it's gonna get a lot of people to try it out. Like I I, I think this game is gonna is gonna do gangbusters. And it's got, you know, a ten out of ten from IGN and from GameSpot. I was a little surprised to look on my friends list yesterday and not see other people playing it. Like I was the only one playing it yesterday and last night. So yeah, very weird, but we'll see. It's coming. It's coming. But thank you, boys. Cool. All right, let's go. I, let's go. Oh, go I ahead. I do have one more. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so Mercenaries comes out April 4th? Yeah. Do you think they're going to tie trophies to that? Yes. Oh, I hope not. Fucking wankers, dude. Did they announce? <laughs> is that like official or is that your guess? It's just my is guess because of... question? It's it's not, <laughs> but it's my guess because RE8 had mercenary trophies and then they added more mercenary stuff and more trophies in that DLC. The only yeah. thing that, that I could see is like they'll put mercenaries out maybe now and it won't have trophies, but then they will add characters and stages later that will have trophies would be my guess. So maybe initially it won't add anything to the base list, but I think at some point you will have... Uh, like it might not even be many, but I think you will have mercenaries DLC. Cool. We'll see, which I'm not looking forward to, but whatever, you got to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's pass it over to you, Daryl, for your game. Sorry for taking up so much time. What do you got for us? Uh, you're good, man. So uh, a game I'm excited to talk about with you guys is a game called Dredge. This is an indie game. It's developed by Black Salt Games, a studio all the way in New Zealand. And just keep that in mind, because I'll come back to that later. Uh, published by Team 17. Team 17. Okay. So I had to make sure. I, for some reason, I thought I was saying Team Twice. Team Team. team. It is a RPG simulator and adventure game with themes of action, open world, and horror single player and it's available march 30th and you can get two versions of it so the ps4 ps5 the standard version is 24.99 and the deluxe uh it comes with a dlc that's 26.99 the game has 40 trophies one plat four golds eight silvers and 27 bronzes psn profiles so right now it's a low low player count because the game's not out yet, but on PSN profiles, the percentage is at 33%, and on PS Native, it's at 5.6%. The player count at nine owners. Oof. So it's a bit skewed. I'm sure once the game comes out, you know, then it'll kind of settle over time. Uh, so right now, Dredge, what's this game about? I, don't, I, don't, I had not <laughs> heard about this game at all. I don't know if you guys know about this game. I'd never but heard of I'm, it. I'm checking it out now. It looks it looks super cool. Yeah, it's a really cool game. I'm really happy to talk about it. But Dredge is basically a fish simulator. You are in control of a trawler. And in the story, you kind of end up on this island. And you're loaned a boat because you're, you're, the, the ship that you were on got shipwrecked. So you're given the boat. You have to pay out your debt. And you pay off your debt by going out, catching fish, doing side missions, things like that. But 
it's a little bit more than that. And that's kind of where the horror theme kind of kicks in. And I'll kind of talk about that later. But the game offers a lot. There's a lot in this game to take for players to really spend their time and really, really just absorb everything that this game has to offer. So there's a lot of exploration. There's interesting characters and lore, side missions, mini games, inventory management, puzzle solving. There's a mechanic in the game called Panic and a ton of more stuff that you can do. So Trophy List itself um, is basically following the same pattern that we've seen in other trophy lists where the color valley is represented in some shape or form. So one of the things I like about this list is it kind of breaks from that by using different colors this time. So for bronze trophies, there's orange, silver, there's gold. And for the gold trophies, there's magenta. So there's a little bit more vibrant uh, colors being used to show the worth of the trophy, which I like. For some reason, I just like the vibrant colors when I see them in different trophy lists. It's just an eye catcher for me right away. And yeah. good, good job knowing magenta, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. All right, can say about that. I was going to say hot pink, but it wasn't too pinkish for me. Yeah. It was a little bit. No, you, I think you put, you did the right color for sure. My wife just always gives me shit because I'm, I just say like, oh, it's like blue. And she's like, no, it's periwinkle or whatever. The f I don't know. what You know what I'm saying? There's like, there's like <laughs> yeah. for girls, there's like 10 versions of every color. For guys, it's like blue, light blue. <laughs> it's like. No, it's turquoise. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right on. Even the artwork itself is something I really like because it reminded me of another list that I liked as well. And that's Deathloop. Like when I looked yeah. at the artwork, it really reminded me of Death Loop a lot. Um, a, a great list as well for that game, and um, they draw a lot of similarities. And I'll kind of go through the list. I'm actually gonna start with the bronze and kind of work my way down, and then I'll come back up to the platinum and kind of talk about it as well at the very end. So the introductions. This is one I want to call out right away. So for those who are very hesitant about this game because it's not out yet or there's not really guides out there to tell you how difficult or challenging the game is, introduction is basically just an intro to the game. You're probably going to learn how to maneuver the boat, how to use different features in the game, stuff like that. So if you're worried about the game, this is the trophy to be aware of because once you complete that, there's no going back. You're either going to have to play it or leave your... Leave your this game at 1%. So just want to make that call out. Okay. Got uh, it, next got trophy it. is Master Angler. So catch all known species of fish. Uh, it's confirmed that there's 128 different fish you can catch. So you'll see the likes of cod, flounder, eel, squid. Apparently there's a hammerhead shark you can catch. I didn't see that in the demo that I watched, but you can catch some bitty some pretty big <laughs> creatures out there in the ocean. And then the next trophies that you'll see is um, some story-related ones. So you'll meet a character. He gives you an assignment. And basically the story is you have to go get these items. So the items that you get are, uh, vary. They're all different sort of items that you can catch. Uh, the one that's not hidden is the key. Uh, delivering the key. Pretty simple. But the other four... Uh, they're all hidden, so I don't want to really go into too much detail on it because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But I will say one trophy, like what it is and why I'm actually talking about it. So one of the trophies is uh, one of the items that you have to collect is a necklace. 
So mm. the trophy description is relinquish the necklace, but the trophy name is the chains. And they take this very mundane item, a necklace, you know, there's nothing harmless about it, but then they really throw in this peculiar naming convention for the trophy, the mm. chains. Right. So it almost suggests that this harmless item that we believe to be, there's some sort of darker, like suggestion about it. And, that's probably like the more darker one out of the items. The other ones are just a little bit more peculiar, but I really like that twist. It kind of makes me think like, oh, okay, maybe this is where that horror element start to come in. Yeah, yeah. And That's then cool. there's a few more other trophies. Um, those are hidden, so I won't really go into that. And then we come across perfect packing. So having a full cargo, what's, all, what's that all about? So in the game, this is kind of like where the inventory management comes into play. And I got to say, I'm speaking for myself. I don't really like inventory management. I think it's like the most boring mechanic in any game. Yeah. It's one I don't really care about. But this game, Dredge, does it in a way where it's very like, I can see it being very fun to do because they make it like, it's almost like a mini game. So in the picture, it kind of represents that very well like what this whole inventory management is all about so it's resident resident evil-esque in a sense but it has tetris style effects so like you're moving items around um in your inventory you're moving items to make space but each item has like a different layout so different fishes are are structured in different ways so like you might have an eel which is probably like a, a long horizontal like creature that can take up a few blocks but then you might have a fish that's curved in a way where it's, it, it's shaped in the l so you can like stack that in like different ways like almost like tetris you know some some bigger creatures take up like different like abnormal size blocks like you might have like a flounder where it takes up like four blocks or you may have a stingray where it takes up the same four blocks but the tail also extends out and that takes up a, another few blocks. So it's, it's a weird uh, game of like, you know, trying to make, like trying to like structure your inventory in a way where it all fits. It, it seemed really unique to me. Like I was really like intrigued by it. I was like, whoa, that's, that's not bad for inventory <laughs> management. It's actually, it actually looked really fun. Nice. Uh, next one is Aberration Attractor. I think this is one that's going to be really fun to do. This is catching all the aberrations in the game. So you have like your normal fishes in the game, but there's like some catches where the fish are just freakish mutated creatures. Like things you'll find at like the bottom of the sea. So like in the demo I was watching, there's like a mackerel that had like six different eyes on it. And one fish <laughs> even had two heads what? So it was really cool to see that. <laughs> That's great. It, re it is. It was really weird. And then some of the flavor text on like the different aberrations was really, really cool as well. And this reminds me of like the legendary animals you have to kill in Red Dead Redemption 2. So that's really cool. They, you know, there's different, different varieties and species of like fish, normal fish, freakish fish. Oh, yeah. And let's see. Uh, next one is uh let's talk about this one safe havens so I, like i mentioned earlier this is an open world game so it has that classic open world style trophy where you have to go to every uh, location in the game uh for this game 
for example, it's visiting every dock in the game. So all mm. of the different islands that you travel to, there's a dock that you can dock at. So that's the open world trophy that's in this game. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, you'll see these next trophies. They're the silver trophies. And they're all researcher, like researcher of rods, nets, pots, engines, things like that. So as you play the game, you earn more resources. You gather more parts. You can use these parts to upgrade all of your equipment. That way, there's like, they, they grant you more advantages to how you can use those items. So for instance, like the rods. The rods can only catch, like in the earlier parts of the game you can only catch like a certain type of fish in a certain area as you upgrade that rod now you can use that rod to catch maybe fishes in different areas and you know you can there's a lot more versatility and advantages by upgrading your equipment mm. same for the nets earlier earlier game nets they're a little bit more weaker you can't really use them that often but as you upgrade the nets they can probably catch more fish and they can probably last a little bit longer uh, next few trophies, this is basically uh, like the grindy parts of the game. So catching a certain number of fish, catching a certain number of crabs, uh, catching fish using your nets or crab pots, rods, things like that. Mm. This is going to be the part of the game where it really takes up your time. So I really advise like any chance you get to really work towards these trophies, just do it. That way you're not really struggling with it at the very end of the game. Uh, next two trophies, this is basically your source of income. So along your journey, you're catching a lot of fish. You can use those fish to, to get currency. Uh, you can sell that to like the locals, that way you can get the coin. Or also where the name comes from, you can dredge things out of the, the bottom of the sea. Ah. So this is where you get a lot of your trinkets, you know, lost items uh, at sea. You can sell those as well and use that as a type of currency as well. So you can sell fish, and you can sell, like, the things you find in the ocean. The next few trophies, and these are basically just, like, all the upgrades you can do for your ship. So you can increase your fishing speed, your engine speed, your light strength, um, upgrading your hull. Your hull, just by upgrading your hull will allow you more inventory space. That way, you know, you can store more stuff, you know, things like that. Because once you start to upgrade more things those things start to take up more space. So there's going to be a lot of like inventory management taking place later uh, parts of the game. Uh, quicker engine speed is always going to be a good thing, especially the light too. Fishing speed as well. And the reason why that is, is because in the game, there's a day and night cycle. So this is where the horror part of the game comes in. So in the day, there's nothing really going on. It's very serene, very calm. Um, it's just a beautiful day out in the ocean. But the things that that really get crazy is when the nighttime comes in. So when you're at sea, like at nighttime, aren't, aren't you guys a little bit more like, how would you say it? Aren't you guys a little bit more like on your like... I'm at edge or on edge. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're on edge, especially at night. Yeah. You can't really see. Visibility is really low. Mm -hmm. You don't know if there's something lurking in the water. Things like that. Right. So mechanic I talked about at the very beginning, the panic mechanic. So once it hits nighttime, there's a the panic starts to set in. And what happens is you start to see things out in the ocean. Not really sure of if they're really there or if it's just like or if they're actually are there. 
So you'll start to see like rocks start peering out of nowhere. When you know for a fact you've been in that area so many times, you didn't see a rock anywhere. But out of nowhere, rocks just start popping up. You start seeing like ghost ships out in the distance, eyes lurking, big creatures coming out of the water. It's like a whole different environment once the nighttime sets in. And then that's where like the horror really creeps in to the game. And that's why having these upgrades really help because the light, having your, uh, your navigation lights upgraded helps you to see more around you. That way you can assess where the threats are, where your bearings are. Um, having a really good engine speed is good too because you can tra traverse quicker. Uh, fishing speed is good too because you can catch more fish and not burn so much of your daylight. Because the thing that happens is as you travel, as you fish, um, as you do things, your time is really speeding up. So like if you're fishing, you know, time's going to move exponentially fast compared to like if you're just like kind of like wading through the water. Things oh, I move see. quicker as you're doing different actions in the game. So having upgraded equipment really helps. That way, by the time nighttime comes you're close to a safe area rather than being stranded in the middle of the ocean, if you know what I mean. Right. So, really cool feature. Um, I was actually getting on the edge just watching the game, just seeing the guy like, oh, um, you know, I'm really far from the dock, but I have the side mission, you know, but I'm really worried something's going to happen. I'll say, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm feeling the same way. I'm just a viewer. Yeah. But it was fun. Um, there's some puzzle solving as well. Uh, really unique puzzle solving. I really liked it. And that's pretty much it for the list. Platinum itself, I like it. It's just a trophy with an eye, the all-seeing eye, which I really enjoy because the eye is the thing that represents this panic mechanic in the game. That's what you know, you see out there when you start freaking out, you see this eye, you're like, what the heck is that? Mm. And it's pretty cool to see that up there. And this is a really cool game. I like it. The trophy list really has me excited. I think this game offers a lot of, like, rewards for you, especially if you, like, like Dark Souls, because there's a lot of risk and reward that the game offers. So there's a ton of things that can reward you. Like, there's... A lot of great rewards, but the risk is even greater. Mm -hmm. And I think this game has a lot of that, especially like, you know, the game gives you a lot. And it's really up to you to decide, is it really worth it? Because one example I'll get to is like, okay, let's say like you have a, a lot of inventory, but you're out at night and somehow you get damaged because you run into a rock that you didn't see. Now, the damage that you sustain that's going to land anywhere in your inventory. It, it's so random. Like it can land on your engine, your, um, your equipment, or maybe some supplies you found out while you're dredging. Wherever it lands, it's going to affect that piece of item. So if it lands on your engine, your engine's out. You can't use it no more until you repair it. If it lands on an item, that's lost forever. Same for a fish. If it, if the damage mark lands on your fish, that's gone forever. Oh. So it, it's kind of like up to you to decide, like, maybe if I do all of this and just turn back before it, it, it gets to dust, then I'll be good. So there's a lot of that going on, which I really enjoyed hearing about. Yeah, that's wild. That, I mean, the game looks very cool to me. The art style is very intriguing. 
the yeah. sort of like poor undertones like it's there but like maybe not like in your face the whole time is kind of cool and like yeah i don't it's got some intriguing bits to it it's also so it's only 25 bucks i was just looking on the store it's not out yet but uh apparently there's three people that already have the platinum even though it's not out for a week and they're all from australia so i'm wondering if they're friends of the company that made the game or something i don't know but anyway yeah it's uh it looks pretty cool to me um yeah good it's a good pick a good pick i think like what were you gonna say no i was agreeing with you i i'm i've literally never heard of this game and listening to daryl talk about the list and what he's heard about it i kind of had videos playing on my screen here checking out the gameplay like i think it's a really cool concept tying like oh at face value this is a fishing game right but then having like the horror undertone i just i love that mash of genres seems like it'll be something really cool to check out i'm a sucker for like these unique kind of indies that take a traditional game that we all know and love like a fishing simulator and then spin it on its head Mm -hmm. so um i'm down i don't i don't know that i'll pick it up when it launches because we got resident evil to check out and there's some other things i want to play but it's definitely on my radar now yeah i put it on my wish list in case it goes you know goes up on sale or something yeah, it looks cool, for sure. And I will say, one of the recent forum posts on PSN Profiles, the only one is from Tall Simone Guy, that says this game looks awesome, so go check that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. I put that up there. Yep, I, I saw that. I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention. So, I, I did mention that the studio's based out in New Zealand, mm-hmm. which is a relatively small island. It's not small, small, like the like where the story takes place, Tiny. but I think that's where they drew a lot of the inspiration from. Oh, undoubtedly, yeah confused how all three of these people who have the plat are all from australia though and all about like one to two weeks ago i think they're people who know people who work on the game that's my guess that's my guess most likely because it's not one of those games that's going to get like a really massive early release for reviewers if it's a smaller indie game so yeah it's it's tough to know because it is those three people like how tough is the game actually in terms of the completion you know that's something i'll be kind of curious about as it goes on because like the numbers, as you noted, are a little inflated right now since it's lower player count currently. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, looks very cool and a, and a good pick, sir. Yeah, solid. All right. Well, thank you, Daryl. Let's get into our final review for the day. Slugger, take us away. What do you got for us? All right. I'm here uh, covering the infamous Peppa Pig World Adventures. Um, <laughs> se- it's sequel to <laughs> my friend Peppa Pig. Uh, which came out two years ago. I'm just kidding. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I am hitting uh, Chia. Everyone's kind of talking about this um, because it launched, well, it launched directly onto the PlayStation Plus uh, Extra service, which, um, you know, Game Pass does that all the time. These games launch and, you know, Game Pass or Xbox loves to like advertise like day one Game Pass, day one Game Pass. So like Sony's not quite there yet. So when it happens, um, similar to Stray, it kind of like makes a big splash in the gaming scene of like, oh, this game's like very accessible from the get go to a lot of people. Um, So a lot of people are talking about this. A lot of people are playing it. Seems like it'd be a good time to uh, plug it and check the list out. So yeah, the game's Chia. That's spelled T-C-H-I-A. It's developed, uh, I don't know what how to say this, but 
Awaseb. A-W-A-C-E-B. Yeah, I think it's so pronounced right. Developed by Awaseb, published by published by them as well, and Kepler Interactive. Now, I looked at both these companies. It looks like this is like their first game. So pretty interesting. I did a little bit of research on the developer since this is all I know about them is this game. Uh, it's their first release. They are a new indie developer based out of New Caledonia. Where the fuck is that? Which is, it's a <laughs> tiny little collection of French islands out in the Pacific, like in the Southwest Pacific Ocean. What, dude? We're uh, getting some, these island games from these island devs, bro. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's like, uh, let's see, Wikipedia here says 750 miles east of Australia. So they're, they're out there. They're out oh, in man. the middle of nowhere. Holy fuck. But it's pretty cool. Like we don't normally see like games come out of like, come out of these locations it's cool seeing something new from a new developer out of like an interesting locale you know and they throw these interesting spins on video games but uh anyway so a little bit about the game itself it is like an adventure open world game so the whole setting is based off new caledonia um so you play as this young girl and you get these powers and you're there to like a big bad villain enters the world around the same time you get these powers essentially and she's there to try and stop this like tyrant uh the the villain's name is Mavora. she's you know the little girl's there to like stop her from taking over the island and to protect her island and her people it's funny we've been calling it the moana simulator in the discord um because it just gives off like moana vibes like you're in this tropical pacific ocean uh you're out there to save the day what so what differs from or how this game differs from your standard like open world game is you have these superpowers called uh soul jumping and your character can she is gift i guess of soul jumping allows her to take control of animals and objects around the world so she can like aim at a dog and take control of the dog and then your you know the movement changes your abilities change if you're a dog you can go dig a hole if you transform into a bird you can fly and they say here there's over 30 animals you can take control of but you can also take control of hundreds of objects so there's some clips of like you taking control of a rock and rolling around as a rock or like a tire, like a old beat up tire that's just laying there on the ground and you can jump into it and roll around as a tire. And you use this ability to kind of take the powers of these uh, animals and objects that are in the world to like solve puzzles and progress in the story. So pretty, pretty cool idea. I think what else do I want to hit on that? Um, so it seems like the big theme of the game is just exploration. Like you're out exploring this Island. Uh, It plays very similar to legend of Zelda on the switch. Uh, Why can't I think of what's that? What that? Oh, breath of the wild, breath of the wild. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Plays very similar to breath of the wild where you have like a stamina bar. So like you can climb anything. If you see a wall or you're out swimming, like you can pretty much go anywhere and do anything, but you're limited by like that stamina bar. There's a like a hang gliding leaf you get so you can jump from really tall objects and like go gliding around the island. But again, you're limited to the stamina bar. So you can find like 
health pickups and items in the world that like permanently increase those stats. So the more you explore, the better your abilities are getting, which allows you to explore further and further into the island. And that's kind of the gameplay loop from my understanding. They have a, there's a lot of mini games tied to the world as well. Like you have a ukulele you can play, you can collect like clothing and customize how your character looks as you interact with the characters in the world. They have little mini games you can play with them. Overall, it's a big, just the big game of exploring and getting stronger and going further and further into the island and saving the day. Classic. Um, yeah. Like a Disney story. The trophy list is very basic. There's honestly not too much to talk to um, on the trophies. So I think it's a good thing. Uh, this seems like it'd be a perfect little like cleanser in between a big game. Like if you're coming off 40, 50 hours on Resident Evil 4 and you just need something to check out for like 15 to 20 hours, like this is probably your game because it's very lighthearted, very basic. The distribution of those trophies, you got, Colin's going to love this, four bronzes, <laughs> 10 silvers, yeah, seven golds, yeah, and one platinum. Oh. So pretty rare to see a game that has more silvers and golds than bronzes. Lately, we've been seeing like, this game has 50 trophies and 40 of them are bronzes. 43 like, are is... bronze, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not this game. This game has a short trophy list and very high value trophies. And a lot of them are related to like 100%ing certain things, like finding all of a certain collectible or beating the game. This doesn't seem like a game where you're going to get a, like a nice progression throughout as you play. Uh, it looks like a lot of things will pop. Like all the pops are going to happen end game, if that makes sense. Sure. So from what I can see on the trophy list, there's one story related trophy. And that's just for reaching the end game. So I assume that's just beating the final boss and you did it. Like, that's the only story trophy I'm seeing on this list. Everything else is like either miscellaneous or related to collectibles. So there's 11 collectible related trophies. Um, they're kind of your typical open world collectible trophies. So some examples, uh, you get a trophy for finding all the docks and a trophy for finding all the campfires destroying all the statues, destroying all the soldier camps, unlocking every cosmetic, unlocking every song for your ukulele. Ooh. Shouting every shouting at every point of view. So that's like the sync moments that. from East in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> you know, step yep. up and sync. Yeah. Yep. So go find some high up place and you shout from there and that'll add to the trophy list. And then I I consider them collectible, but fully upgrading your health and fully upgrading your soul to the max level. Um, I think your soul is tied to like your stamina. And then there's a couple other trophies that are kind of miscellaneous and just a few that are like combat related. So some examples there. Uh, there's a trophy called soul cannon, which is where you soul jump into an object after you soul throw it. So all your power is based around this soul mechanic. So for this specific trophy, you'd be picking up an item launching it and then like warping into that item and go flying that's pretty um, funny yeah <laughs> another trophy energy saver which is where you blow up three enemies with a single object or explosion i specifically wanted to hit this one because it it's technically missable because from my understanding once you beat the game and you clear all the soldier camps like enemies stop respawning in the world so you could get to the end of the game and maybe you don't know about this trophy or it doesn't happen 
and then you're stuck there and there's no enemies to actually like go blow up okay got it um so i do want to shout that out but i was talking we have one discord member skrillis who's currently playing this game he said he was able to get it done in the very first soldier camp and he's like i didn't even know it was a trophy so i don't think it's too missable it sounds like something pretty easy that will happen naturally but maybe just keep a lookout for that as you're playing through this game another miscellaneous trophy they got in here clay pigeon shoot down a pigeon with a slingshot i wanted to hit this one because it kind of showed like you don't just have your powers like you have other items that you can use around the world so this trophy references a slingshot i do know you have like a boat so you can go sailing you can customize your boat i don't think there's any trophies tied to that outside of maybe like collecting all the customization items but there's a a few other mechanics i'm kind of missing here outside of just like the soul jumping okay that's kind of the gist of the trophy list though like it's it's going to be one of those nice games where you can go in with very very minimal guide usage and as long as you're just exploring and checking out the world like you're probably going to find and do everything it seems very Um, chill as like the aesthetic of the game seems chill the trophy list seems chill like kind of everything about it is is one of those yeah like you said like an in-betweener or like if you're playing this like in between longer games or playing it alongside something that's a bit more difficult and and this is like your relaxing experience on the side that seems great so Right. How much is it in the store? Is it thirty bucks? I think. Like, if if you don't have mm. extra, let me look it up right now. I, I looked yeah, it up I'm the other sure. day. I think it's thirty, but I could be wrong. Speaking of thirty, that's one problem I have with this game is that when I've looked at the forums, at least, at least right now, the PS5 version does not have an option to run at sixty. It only runs at thirty frames. Mm. That's a good shout out. This game is thirty only, which is a little weird because it doesn't look like a very uh, like graphic intensive game right so if i had to guess it's the developer's first game i think it's probably just lack of experience on optimization yeah so i wouldn't or... be surprised if we see a patch for it because i find it hard to believe the ps5 couldn't run this at 60 yeah the, i mean the only thing i can think of is like the soul jumping ability and changing the way that you like move and your ratios for how you move in the in the game like on the press of a button might be hard to i don't i don't exactly know there there might be something there that's like a little behind the scenes that's tough but i agree it was a little bit of a a disappointment to see but i would assume they'll patch it in at some point let's see that's a trophy list though that's the gameplay i guess last thing to kind of hit on is the artwork this is one of the more varied artwork or one of the more varied lists we've seen when it comes to like trophy artwork Mm -hmm. because the kind of the big thing lately has been like one palette color across all the trophies or like one palette color for bronzes one for silver one for gold etc this game you got a different color for just about every trophy so we got greens and blues and oranges and pinks like and it's very kind of cartoony artwork it's extremely varied there's like really no theme outside of just like I don't know. The picture is being tied to the trophy name. So, for example, there's a trophy called Snip Snip, where the complete crab outfit, the picture of that trophy is a little red crab snipping his little claws. There's a trophy called R, where the complete pirate <laughs> outfit and boat style. And that's like just a little cartoony pirate flag for the trophy. Yeah. Um, so I personally really dig the trophy list, just how it's designed and how the artwork is. It's kind of uncommon from what we've been seeing lately the actual platinum trophy is called new caledonian 
that is a blue trophy and but it's like a top-down view of an island of the new caledonian island with a heart over it which is i think pretty cool it's a nod to where the developers are from and where the game's inspired from so yeah that's kind of chia in a nutshell um sure like i said it's a pretty basic list i don't know that there's much more to say on it unless you guys want to hit on any specific things it looks fairly straightforward and simple yeah, I don't have anything other than what you've noted. I did want to bring up the 30 frames thing. Um, so we talked about that a little bit. But otherwise, no, it seems very cool. I mean, I'm kind of bummed it's not one that was offered on just Essential as like a new a new title because I probably would add it to my backlog and check it out. I think both of the games you guys talked about seem like fun kind of smaller experiences to add into your repertoire. You know, I can't imagine Dredge is going to be more than I don't know, 30 hours or something, maybe 35 hours. And I would assume that she is probably around 25 or, or 20, let's say, for most people who are like kind of chilling. I know uh, Lee War in our Discord posted this plat really, really early on, said they got it in about 14 hours. So that's probably on like the faster end of what's possible for the game. And yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. It seems cool. It seems cool. I, it's a, a little bit of a bummer, I guess, with both these games that you guys are talking about because I just don't know when I'll actually end, end up playing either of them just because of how much I want to try to focus on backlog cleanup this year. So, yeah, well, that's maybe the only negative piece. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it looks really cool. And definitely, if it can get a patch for 60, it will be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and that's where it's hard. Like, I want to really play it, but I, kind of want to hold off till it's at 60 but like how long is that going to take we don't we don't really know i don't think they've said anything about it so right i guess i'll kind of revisit that once i finish re4 hopefully we hear something by then might be a good like summer game too nice and yeah calm summer game yeah so yeah interesting yeah the artwork artwork reminds me of like a children's book like this is like the kind of drawings I would imagine in the children's book. Mm-hmm. Like, here is a fire. Fire. Yeah. Here is an <laughs> apple. <laughs> yeah, like you can almost Very imagine cool. this story is based on like a fairy tale or something. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's an all-seeing eye in one of these trophy images too, just like in your game, Daryl. Body and soul. Nice. Yeah. The thing I liked the most was um, I was actually hating on this trophy, but then I had to realize Oh, it makes more sense. The uh, the Shaka sign that's being thrown up. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the sign the the trophy name was Thing. I'm like, oh man, they tro- they totally dropped the ball on that. Why they call it a thing or like not even say like Shaka at all? But then I was like, oh wait, Adam's family. That makes sense. Yes, that does make sense. Wow, I did not put that together. <laughs> that's cool. Nice. Yeah, I. Sorry, Daryl's way better at tying the the names to things i didn't really do that much of a deep dive and if these had any kind of a i don't know like deeper meanings but yeah i mean i don't, I don't do that either daryl does daryl's you're definitely the best at that daryl and looking at that kind of stuff it, that's the thing that i think is nice about doing these review episodes is that we all kind of have different things that we focus on so yeah it makes it cool i forgot to call out the the, the stuff in re4 because they actually do like you guys were talking about the theming of like the colors for the different trophy rarities and stuff. They do that, but they actually do something a little different, which is that the bronze trophies have a different shaped like emblem that the image sits in. So it's like a uh, one, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven. What the fuck is that? One, two, three, four. It's a six-sided object. It's not a pentagon. Hexagon? Is that what it's called? And then, like, for the silver trophies, it's a rectangle. And then the gold trophies look like a shield crest. Mm. So they're different colors nice. and they're different shapes, which is kind of cool. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, good, <clears throat> good stuff, boys. Good stuff. Hopefully, listeners out there, you guys are intrigued by some of the games we're talking about. RE4, of course, a really big title. But Chia, I think, getting more play than it otherwise would have, especially, you know, games like this do gangbusters in the trophy hunting community. Like, think about something like Toem, for example. Like, when these are offered and they're small and chill experiences in the in Plus or in Extra, like, these tend to do really well. And then Dredge, really, really cool and good find there as well so i think some solid stuff so let's get into it boys let's end up the episode let's let's go into our lightning round you guys have anything to add before we we switch over to that that's not it for me ready for the lightning round okay ready for the lightning round so let's recap our our current scores on lightning round before you know at the end of last week so coming into this week uh i had seven points slugger you had seven points daryl you had three so we're looking to make up some ground here this week. The questions that we had, we had three of them. One of them we were unable to use. So the EGA Sports PGA Tour, how many game owners on in PSNP, that one, um, I could not find data on that. So unfortunately, we're going to have to nix that question. This is part of the problem with writing these in advance is like I'm trying to predict what some of the information will be that's available, and sometimes I'm wrong. So I do apologize for that. So we've got two questions that we'll be scoring for this week. First one that we asked was, will Resident Evil 4 Remake get a 10 from IGN? Yes or no? Daryl, you said yes. Slugger, you said no. And I said yes. So that's points to Daryl and I on that question. Wait. Also, yep. Mm. You can find <laughs> how many you can find how many game owners? I couldn't. Not on PSN profiles. Is there a different PJ Tour 2K23, is that a different game? It's a different game, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why. It's weird. Like, it just, it's not, the data was not there. <laughs> is the game like, not out? I asked it, you if the game was going to come it's, out. It, the release date was the 23rd, so it came out two days ago. Interesting. I know. I know. Unless it got delayed or something and it didn't say it on that list of game releases, but I'm not sure. If you want to, you, we can mm. look into that in the background if you want, but let, let's see. Let's, we'll move on to the next question. Yeah, so sorry. the second question, <laughs> the second <laughs> question that we asked was what challenge runs will the resident evil Four remake list have? And we were going to list all of them and the closest would win. So here's what I did. I basically counted up what we each said and matched it with what was on the list and totaled that number up. So for example, Daryl, you said there was going to be the professional run knife only run and i gave credit to all of us for knife only even though it's knife only and handgun technically so you said professional knife only less than three heels and steps challenge and i gave you credit for three of those the professional the knife only and then the healing one there was no steps challenge in this so you got a total of three correct challenge runs does that make sense yeah okay then slugger you said knife only speed run less than three heels, and professional. So you got all of yours correct, but you only listed four. So that's four points for you, or four correct. Pat the Trophy Hunter said professional, knife only, dollar, uh, the amount of money spent capped, and speed run. So I guess technically that could be kind of like three and a half because the dollar sign capped is the no merchant thing, but I gave him three mm -hmm. points for that. And then my answers were professional, 
knife only, less than three heals, speed run, no merchant, and no inventory size upgrade. So I had five total correct. So that's points to me here, boys. You cheated. (laughs) So technically that means the final points at the end of this or last week's ones were Slugger, you remain at seven. Daryl, you go up to four. And I go up to nine points coming into this week. Okay? So... Oof. All right, we got to make up some ground here, boys. Are you ready? You're ready. Resident Evil boy. What what in do you have with the developers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right, let me get our, our, our points ready here. Okay, so first question I asked, typical for these lightning, rounds one, lightning round ones, but right now we know what the per- percentage is for the Platinum and Chia. I'm asking you, what is it going to be on the next recording date? For PSN profiles for Chia. Let's go with hmm. the PS because I didn't clarify PS5 version. Okay. PS5 version will have what platinum percentage next recording date? Mm, let me see. Where is it at currently? 4.2. Mm-hmm. 4.2. Okay. And it's on extra, so you never know. Does that mean like it's gonna get a lot more? Does that mean it's actually gonna be lower? Because a lot of people will play it but won't platinum it, like. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I'm going to say 8.3. Okay. Slugger. Hmm. That feels low. I want to say like 15. Woo! All right. Um, I'm going to say... Hmm. I'm going to say 11.1%. I'll cut... I'll split the difference between you two. Go 11.1. All right. Very good. Okay. Next question, Horizon Burning Shores, which is the DLC coming out for Horizon Forbidden West, will have blank number of trophies. Closest will win, but you will get bonus points if you can guess the distribution of those trophies. So you could could make up some ground here. If you get the distribution, I'm even going to I'm willing to give like three points and I'll put it in writing here. (laughs) So that's a good way to make up some extra points if you need. I need some points, man. Now, for uh, context, so that we're all working with the same da- data here, um, let's look up what the distribution was for the DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn, shall we? Yes. And that way we will know. So the New Game Plus stuff is already in the game. So let's look at what they did for for, for uh, Frozen Wild. So they divided it up into two separate DLC lists, okay? And one was for the quests and one was for the feats. The total number number of trophies that between the two was nine and one, and then twelve and another for a total of twenty one new trophies. Of those, sixteen were bronze and five were silver. Okay, so that's what it was for Frozen Wild. So what do we think it will be for Burning Shores? Hmm. Hmm. All right. Hold on. Hold on one sec. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm going to go with 21 trophies. Okay. And then mm. what are you thinking in terms of distribution? <laughs> yeah. So the, the closest answer will win in number of trophies, but to get the bonus points, we have to get the exact distribution. So we'll, we'll say mm-hmm. that. I'm going to say one gold. Okay. Five silvers. Mm-hmm. That's one gold. Five, so six, 15. Six, and then 15 bronzes. Okay. All right, Slugger, what about you? Hmm. I'm going to say I think they'll go a little bit bigger on the trophies. They've been hyping this game up quite a bit. 
I'm going to say like a flat 30 trophies and Ooh, I don't know. Distribution's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like 22 bronzes. And then we'll say six silvers and two, two golds. golds. Okay. No one is thinking there will be a platinum. I don't think it so. will be, yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going on the lower end. I'm going to say 15 trophies overall. I think there is going to be one gold. I think that there is going to be four silvers and 10 bronzes. Okay, right on. Very cool, guys. And the last question we have, which is going to take some digging on my part to, to find this out next time, but the question is simple. It's just a yes or a no. RE4 Remake will be the best-selling RE launch or like the best selling, so the the fastest launching Resident Evil title ever. I'm gonna say yes. Okay, Slugger. Yeah, uh, I'll say yes as well. I'm also saying yes. We're in the boat together on this one, boys. All right, there you go. There you have it for the lightning round. Join us next time while we or when we go over the answers and see if the boys can catch up, you know what I mean? Cause if you can't, then it might be a little bit of bias here. Then maybe some new lightning round askers, because it could be that because I'm asking them, the universe is gifting me some points. <laughs> you never know. You never know. All right, guys. Very good. Thank you very much for your time today and for joining for episode 81 of the show. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Hope the listeners have enjoyed the show. Remember, if you like what we do, go over to the Patreon, check that out, go and check out the race going over in the discord. If you like the show also just really helps out to, to leave a comment or, you know, give us a good rating on iTunes, on Podbean, on any of your podcast service of choice. It uh, definitely helps us out. And we thank you very much for listening before we go, Daryl, where can people find you at? You can find me on discord, PlayStation and PlayStation profiles at the tall guy. Thank you, sir. Slugger, where can people find you? All right. PSN Profiles and the PlayStation Network. I go by Slugger JD. And then um, I'm trying to get more active on my Twitter since we have a, a podcast Twitter now. And that is at Slugger underscore JD. There you go, sir. And you can find me on PSNP and PlayStation and Xbox at CK Present. That's also my YouTube, actually. And you can find the Trophy Talk podcast on twitter at trophy talk pod so go and uh go and take a look at, at that we're trying to be more active on there it's a slow process but we're, we're coming along so we'd appreciate a follow over there and again thank you all for your time we hope you enjoyed the episode we'll be back in episode 82 with what we've been playing something tells me it is going to be resident evil focus but you will have to wait and see to find out until next time take care happy gaming and goodbye